This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. Happy Wednesday already. How about that? Uh, October 5th. 2022. Uh, hope you are doing well. Big show for you as always. Coming up at 8.30, Harris Lachance, BYU offensive lineman, will join us uh, to talk BYU football as they are getting ready for uh, Las Vegas and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Harris Lachance presented every Wednesday morning by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hell of a show last night between VW and Scoot. Who do you have? Should Jordan Clarkson be starting Aaron Rodgers talking about Odell Beckham Jr.? Is OBJ joining the evil, green, puke, awful empire in Green Bay? You'll hear from Jerry Jones today. We got a lot to get to on the show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. You know what I tell you every day? You don't deserve to be in an accident, but when you get in one, you need somebody that's going to fight for you. You need somebody who's on your side. And what you don't need to do is put out a bunch of cash. I don't know, like a huge retainer, a consultation fee at the Advocates. You don't pay a penny until the Advocates win your case. Chat with them online right now for free at utahadvocates.com. Let's get right to work here on the Monty Show because... We got Scoot versus VW last night uh, in what was a sensational basketball game, Jake. And I think one of the biggest questions here on the show, and you know we talk a lot of jazz basketball uh, on the very uh, fine Monty Show program. Um, VW or Scoot, that seems to be what's on the top of everybody's mind. And I'm going to tell you right now, before last night, during last night, and after last night, I'm a hundo P in on Scoot Henderson. I love the guy's game. I think you can see it projects to the NBA. I love that he can shoot. He can dunk. He can handle. He can play in the paint. He is everything that you want. And I'm not saying that VW's a bad guy, but if I got to choose one, Jake, I'm going with Scoot. Yeah, you know, I think Scoot, obviously, like you said, has a game that projects to the NBA. I think my biggest problem with with VW is everyone thinks he's the best basketball player we've ever seen, and this is what we do every single year. You told me that Zion was the best basketball player you've ever seen. You told me, you know, there's a whole laundry list of guys that we all thought were the best basketball players we've ever seen, and nobody's accounting for the physicality of the NBA. Nobody's accounting for that he's not going to play against kids in the NBA. And, and last night, my biggest problem is, is that he loses the game. I mean, he's not someone... Like, he puts up 37 points in a losing effort. Like, it, it's not, to me, you know, he's not, like, yeah, he's a generational talent, sure, but he's not going to be the reason you win or lose a championship. He's not worth a number one overall pick to me. I think Scoot is also not the reason you're going to win or lose a championship, but at least with Scoot, I know that I could probably get, you know, a solid 10 years in the NBA if everything remains the same as it is right now. He can change his game. He can manipulate his game to be able to play a long time and be a centerpiece of an organization where I see VW as an injury risk, as a guy who who I don't know if you're going to be able to stay healthy at your size and your lack of weight. Like, I don't know that he's going to be able to handle, you know, LeBron coming down the lane. Chet wasn't able to handle it, right? So why would I expect VW to be able to handle it? And, and I'm glad that, 
VW's talking all this junk about how, you know, Scoot would be the number one pick if VW was never born. I'm glad that he's got that kind of confidence, but at the end of the day, I don't think that that his game is going to be some some, you know, crazy thing in the NBA. I think that the reason he's thriving right now is because he's playing against guys that are half his size and half the speed of the NBA. That's why I think he's doing well right now. And and I understand he can shoot. I get it. But I just don't think that his game translates nearly as well as Scoot's. No, and I, I think when you're drafting a guy at the top of the NBA draft, I don't think there's any question that you are looking at, at a project. And I think Scoot is far less of a project than VW. But I think everybody gets wrapped up in the size and the shot. And the question I have is, when have you ever seen a 7'5 guy try to do what VW is doing without an NBA body? And, and it drives me crazy that we want to compare Victor Wambanyama to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because they're completely different players. I don't even see that there is a comparison at all. You look at Kareem, he's not a guy that shot threes. He's not, he's not a guy that played with touch. He's a guy that had a sky hook. And yes, he had phenomenal touch in the paint. But Victor Wambanyama is a guy that if he's not going to knock down threes, he becomes, what, 60 to 75% less of a player? Yeah. He's got to grow, develop, not only physically, not only mentally, his game has got to grow and develop. Whereas I look at Scoot and I see a guy who if I put him in the NBA right now today could dime, could rebound, can run, can distribute, and certainly can shoot the three. He's got a game that translates to the NBA today. I, I don't know. I, I think that's one of the biggest questions. What are you looking for at the top of the draft? Because I think your comparison to Chet's exactly right. You're not going to get anything out of Chet this year because he broke his foot. And it's because he's not used to running into LeBron James in the paint. And when you're Victor Wambanyama and you are 7'5 and you weigh 37 pounds, that's going to be a problem when you get to the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that guys like LeBron and 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 really even point guards like Ja, like they know how to use their body to move you. Like this is the age-old Rudy Gobert discussion that we've had on this show a hundred times. Everyone, you have two camps, like people who say that Rudy's the best defender in the league and people who say he's not. And I'm one of those people that say a big is only as good as the guy playing against him, meaning that if the guy playing against the big knows how to use his his body to move you, you're never blocking a single shot on that player. It's not happening. That's not how the NBA works. Like LeBron knows how to use his shoulder to move you out of the way in a legal fashion. And so to me, it's great that we're getting highlight tapes on Ball is Life on Instagram and we're getting all this hype machine and everything. But my point is, is this is exactly what we saw. So what do I look for in a guy at the top of the league? I look yeah. for a guy that that has that has a skill set that says, hey, no matter what you're going to do on defense, I'm going to score. Like, like with Victor, I feel like because he's a big, he's going to be asked to play the paint and, and, and play rim protection. But again, as we've all seen, the speed of the NBA can overcome his length all day. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I just get like, I'm just like, man, like, how can people not see this? Like, how can people not see the hype with Zion last year or two years ago? Now, I guess that would have been, you know, about like, hey, this guy is is heavy. He's probably going to be injury prone and you're probably not going to see production for a little while. That yeah. to me is what's crazy that people just can't see this stuff coming. And, and that's why I feel like Scoot's game, while maybe he's not 
on paper a better player per se. His game, from a longevity standpoint, from a production, like stay healthy guy standpoint, is much better in my opinion. It just works better in the league. I think the biggest problem is, and and looking at at his performance last night, like I see a guy in Victor Wambanyama who is seven five, and he puts up thirty seven points. He's all over ESPN. He's on ESPN.com. He's on GetUp. He's on SportsCenter. I, I mean, he is he is the talk of the town, and it's his first game in the United States. Yeah, like this this is a kid. Yeah, that we're putting all these expectations on. And I actually don't think it's that crazy that we talk about Zion Williamson in comparison to Victor Wambanyama because the tape is exactly the same. Does it matter that he's doing this to guys of his own age? Well, I mean, matter from what sense? Because I feel like when, when people are like, hey, he's dominating the game and he's he can only play who's in front of him, that is true, 100% that is true. But we don't care about Jimmy, who's in, who's you know Victor's age right now. We don't care about that guy who's never going to be in the NBA. You care about the guy who's going to be facing him in the NBA when, when VW is going up against Stephen Adams. How do you think that's going to work out for him, right? Yeah. Like he's going to be able to shoot over Stephen Adams. I'm sure he'll be able to shoot that three. I don't doubt that at all because that's you know there's no stopping that. But as far as the defensive end, that's what I'm concerned about primarily. I understand you can shoot threes. I understand you're a mobile big. I totally get it. Like, he is a bigger version of Kristaps Porzingis. Like, yes, he like, is. We can all agree on that. And Porzingis has done nothing in this league. You're not blocking shots. It's 7'5", 200 pounds. You're not blocking shots in the NBA on a regular basis, in my opinion. I mean, if you look at how is VW going to go up against the power forwards in this league? How is... You look at what Scoot Henderson did to him last night. Scoot's with an up and under reverse move. I mean, like he's not—he's a hell of an athlete, Victor Wambanyama. Mm -hmm. He's not athletic on the basketball floor. He doesn't move as quickly as a guard moves. And at seven five, two hundred pounds, you're going to have to move better than that. I think that's the biggest issue. The guy I would compare him to defensively is going to be Rudy Gobert. They're both Frenchmen. They're both seven footers. How does VW compare to Rudy Gobert defensively? He's not going to, unless he puts on a hell of a lot of muscle and, a, and somehow continues to grow, he's never going to have the frame that Rudy has. So he won't be the shot blocker. And I would also remind you that Rudy Gobert on a regular basis gets got in the paint in the NBA. So what is a seven, five, 200 pound Victor Wambanyama turn into in the first three years of his career? Because I don't really care about what he does as a rookie. I mean, you're not going to see a large-scale success at that frame, at that build, in that position as a rookie in the NBA. You're just not. I care about your two, three, and four because that's where all the growth has to come from from VW. Mm -hmm. And I just don't see that he can compete defensively. And when I say compete, he has want to. He has motor. But he's a guy that in my opinion just does not have the physicality and the body frame to be an elite defensive player in the paint in this league. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and, I, and I just, I look at all the best scorers in the league. I look at, you know, your your LeBrons, your KDs, even Steph. Can you imagine what Steph would do to VW on the perimeter? Like, we we know what, what, what this pans out to be. And, and I understand, I'm sure... You know, today in the comments section, when we get there, there's going to be a ton of people who are like, oh, this guy, you guys are wrong. He's the best thing ever. And it may be true. Like, maybe he does work out and maybe 
He's the best thing that we've ever seen in like 30 years in the league. But somehow, some way, I just don't see him. Like, if he matches up against Carl Anthony Towns, perfect example. Or 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 Jokic, an athletic big who's a seven-footer. Somebody who can move as quick as him but is twice as strong. What is he going to do? Well, the answer is nothing. He's going to get moved. And that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be trying to tank for VW. I wouldn't be trying to you know, play my entire season with the idea that I want a 5% chance in the lottery to get this guy. That's not what I would be trying to do, you know? And and so to me, like, it's just such a, a um an odd conversation to me because I think people think, well, the Jazz tore the whole organization down to, to go after this kid. And while on some well. level, yes, they did tear the organization down, I don't think it has anything to do with VW. I, I don't just either. think it has to do with the cap. Yeah, I think it has to do with cash. And I I look at mm, that boy on Bogdanovich trade is stuck in my my craw, dude. Like it, it, mm, the Dwayne Casey, the coach of the Pistons last night, said that Boyan Bogdanovich is a godsend. Mm -hmm. And that his impact on the Pistons has been felt organization wide. And you gave him up for Kelly Olynyk. I, I am. I just. Yeah. I I can't. I they, like it hurts my soul to say that out loud. Like, why did you? That trade will piss me off until he's dead or I'm dead. I don't know. I hate that trade. All every part about it. All right, let's get your thoughts in here. VW versus Scoot. Mike Chase says, "Morning, boys. Love the show. Look forward to it every morning." Oh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate, Appreciate that. that. Uh, the Monty Show presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. Good morning, fellas. Let's get it today. My jazz fan says, "Kurt Myers, what's up?" Uh, ND coming off a of bye week and it should and should be well rested for BYU. Yeah, they should. Uh, don't forget Harris Lachance joins the show coming up at 8.30. We'll talk to him about that for sure. Cody Strickland, good morning. He says, watch the Jazz last night. Got to say, I have seen a major change in the speed of our game. I'm excited to see this new Jazz team grow up. New coaches, new office, uh, new players, new championships. Not for a couple of years. I mean, I, I think the story coming out of last night is, um, and if you didn't see it, um, it was not particularly a compelling contest. Right. Um, but the Jazz win a game last night in Portland. Um, they beat the Blazers 118-101. Jordan Clarkson started and scored 19 points. Yep. Should Jordan Clarkson be starting? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting conversation. I, I, I think that, you know, if you're looking to move him at the deadline, you start him. But if you're looking to develop and, and, and you know, the stated goal is to develop talent, then no, he shouldn't be. He should be a six-man because that's the role he's etched in the league. I, I mean, again, I, I think the one thing that can't happen this season is Will Hardy and that coaching staff can't get away from the concept of you're not trying to win every single game you play. You're trying to win the long game, which is develop your talent and move guys along. That's what you're trying to do this year. So guys like Colin Sexton should be starting, not Jordan Clarkson. You know, like you should be getting giving major minutes to the younger guys and letting the veterans fill the gaps. Yeah, and by the way, it's becoming awkward with Jordan Clarkson now. Like I don't understand this this whole thing with Ryan Smith refusing to trade Jordan Clarkson. Uh, to the Lakers, which it depends on who you ask. Uh, my sources at the Jazz gave me an interesting answer in that that's not necessarily how it went. Uh, I don't know what that means, and I did not get an answer when I asked that. Um, 
I don't know what's going on with Jordan Clarkson. I'm starting to get the idea that the Jazz are trying to figure out who they can push to be an all-star because they will have an all-star on that team. Um, and it's a matter of who they wind up pushing to be there. And I think they feel like the all-star nod is a reward. Mm -hmm. And I think they'd like to reward Jordan Clarkson with an all-star nod. That's the general gist of what I'm getting. I think they are pushing Jordan Clarkson because they'd like him to be their all-star representative. Right. And I think they understand the international implications. I think they understand the fan base. Um, I think it's incredibly awkward that, again, Fontecchio is photographed not wearing a yellow uniform, and we have <laughs> we have yet to see yellow uniforms. Um, I I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I true this. I have not seen this jazz organization be this dysfunctional in a while, and I don't know what's going on behind the scenes necessarily on the business side. I know there's frustration. You brought this yellow uniform to to the fore. You told us it was awesome. Now, make us believe it's awesome. Put it on players. Put it on the floor. Show us some photographs of somebody, anybody. Show me a picture of your mom wearing it. Yeah. Like, show me something other than nothing when it comes to these yellow uniforms because it's awkward now. It's bad business. It's bad money. And then you give Boyan Bogdanovich away because you didn't want to pay the luxury tax, which I understand you're going to suck. You don't want to pay the luxury tax. But you're just – the business alignment with the Jazz right now, it's I think, is great. off. It's, it, yeah, it I is. Mean, there's no, I don't feel like there's – I feel like they've lost direction here, some some heading. Like, you know, whereas before the trades went down, there was like, all right, we got to fix the cap. We got to get under the luxury tax threshold. Like, we have things to do here. And now that those things are done, I feel like there may be a struggle to say what's next. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of you in on Victor Wambinyama uh, versus Scoots. Uh, let's see. Eric and Raleigh says, Wambinyama is going to be a bust in the NBA. He's going to take so many hard fouls. Yeah, could be. Uh, morning, Forrest G. Morning, Jeff Johnson. What's up, uh, James Knight? Good to see you. Teddy Wayman, how the heck are you? Justin Salas, my Texan. Uh, are you back in Utah yet, Justin? What's up? Yeah, man? what's the deal, bro? He says, my worries about VW is his height. The stats show those over 7'2 don't have long, healthy careers. That's what I'm saying. It's not It's not a secret. Do and you even lift? You're 7'5", 200 pounds. Like, that is not ideal. That is not ideal. Uh, M. Alvarez, what's up? Eric and Raleigh, uh, oh, well, one player can't win a championship alone. That yeah, I would say agree that with. to LeBron. That I would agree with. I mean, there's no doubt about that, um, that you you need a team around you like Papa Murphy's Pizza, who presents football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour, uh, right here on the Monty Show. Um, man, where do we even start? Uh, maybe we start with uh, this update from Jerry Jones. What are the Dallas Cowboys doing with Dak? I this this I don't understand. Um, and here on Football Fifty, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza, you know that we often talk about Jera and the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan yesterday in Dallas said that Dak's not quite ready to come back, but he might be by Sunday. Right. Does Jerry Jones talk too much? I I, I don't understand this. I understand. Okay. Jerry Jones likes plastic surgery. 
<laughs> he likes a lot of salt on cheeseburgers. We get it. Right. Jarrah likes Jarrah. But at this point, you're starting to sound dumb. And I, I don't understand why you would rush Dak Prescott back. Cooper Rush is playing incredible football. Yeah. Why are the Cowboys in such a hurry? Yeah, well, in the, in, I don't know why they're in such a hurry. And, in, in, you know, with all due respect to Dak, like you're in a hurry to bring a guy back who just hasn't been able to get you to that next, like, threshold of, of winning. Like you haven't been able to get to a conference final or whatever, you know, like you haven't been able to get to that next level. And, and I don't like, why wouldn't you just ride the high horse here for a while and let Dak do whatever he needs to do to get, to get healthy. And, and my thing, I think with Jerry, his thing is like, it's, Hey, uh, hello, I'm, uh, hello. Jarrah, Thank with, you. with a rich and famous guy who owns a football team, the guy just wants to talk and wants to feel important and wants to be Jerry Jones. And like, that's his whole motif. And so whether it was Hard Knocks salting his terrible breakfast sandwich <laughs> or, you know, talking about, you know, circumcising mosquitoes, like the guy just talks mosquitoes. for days. Yeah, dude. The guy just talks for days. So I'm going to circumcise a mosquito right after yeah, I you know? add to my sodium caloric intake yeah. with this here sausage and egg McMuffin. Yeah. Which, by the way, is a great breakfast sandwich. Anyway, my point is I agree with you. I, I just, I don't know what he's doing. I really don't. Don't forget, Harris LeChance joins us at 8.30. Uh, talking BYU and Notre Dame this weekend uh, in Las Vegas. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, to our knowledge, he has not taken more uh, ayahuasca. Although, how would I know? But I do now know that uh, Aaron Rodgers has an unlikely new best friend Adele and i have been friends for a number of years now and so we keep in, in contact uh you know often we talked uh at, you know, various times over the years and obviously with a player like that you, you're always uh hoping that there's a, a time where you can figure things out and play together but um but he's a special talent and i was really happy for him last year and see how they used him in la and uh, for him to get a ring and obviously he was dominating the game uh, to start that game uh, until the injury. Uh. First of all, take off that diaper you call a Manchester City shirt, you prick. You're just such Second a frontrunner, dude. Like, get the hell out of here with that, dude. I didn't think I could hate Aaron Rodgers any more than I did, and then I saw this video with him wearing a Manchester City shirt, and I was just like, nah, you're dead to me. You're dead to me. I own Chicago! Yeah, lick me. The point is... That probably was too far. Right. The point is... Aaron Rodgers and Odell Beckham Jr. apparently have a friendship. How is Odell Beckham Jr. not signing with the Packers? Well, probably because he wants to go back to New York. If you're OBJ, where are you going? Yeah, I mean, I'm. I guess I wouldn't be going back to New York. I, that's that's one of the dumbest ideas I've ever heard. You're not doing anything there. You're not winning there. You're well, not. he's got a ring now, though. Yeah, I understand that, but but at the same time, like again, being on a losing football team is not fun. Right? Like, it's not like we know. Let's not forget who OBJ is on losing football teams. He's Mr. Drama. He's Mr. Loose Fights with Kicking That Guy. Like, that's who, that's who he is. Kicking That Guy. Yeah, that's who OBJ <laughs> is. Like, that's, I mean, that's what he's shown us. Oh so my me, God, that's amazing. If I'm OBJ, I'm going to a winning team like the Rams or like, you know, Tampa or whatever. Go somewhere where you can win again. And I'll ask the same question I feel like we ask every day. Where is Aaron Rodgers in the NFL right now? Like, I, I I think you could make the argument that he is one of the best 
if not the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a I mean, pool of, of top-tier guys. I mean, I, yeah, I think Aaron's there. I think Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, like, you know, you – I think this. that's where oh, the – Oh, now all of a sudden we're in on softy, McSofty, uh, you know, Mr. Patty Mahomes all of well, a sudden. Well, I mean, he's always been in the first cut. I just don't think he's the best no. guy in the league Josh right Allen, now. Josh yeah. Allen lifts weights. Bill's Mafia, you don't say anything else or they're jumping through more tables. They won. Bill's Mafia, bitch. Yeah. That's yeah, that where you're at. Mud, that was probably know, too much. My, I'm a little tuned up this morning. Jake woke up. He showed up in my house in a terrible mood. So. Right. I've ruined the show already. The show's over. That's it. Yeah. Well, what's different than about that than yesterday or every other day? I know. Uh, the point is, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL. But big update on uh, Tom and uh, Giselle's Bunchton. Jizzy. Uh, getting jizzy with it, apparently, in divorce court. How about this story that Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchton are hiring divorce attorneys? Do you buy it? Are they done? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of buy it just because we've been hearing the rumblings and we've been seeing the smoke. And, um, you know, I think Giselle, Giselle is frustrated. I think she's just tired of the grind of football, I guess. I don't know. Like, I think that, you know, we, we don't – obviously, we don't have all the facts. We don't know exactly what happened, blah, blah, blah. We get it. But at the same time, you know – if it is indeed true that she's frustrated he's still playing, I have an issue with that, man. Like, you, nobody nobody shoots down, you know, the idea that you would like to model for a long time. I think it's okay for Tom to play as long as Tom wants to play. But at the same time, I'm not sure that playing football for that long is worth ruining your family. So it's kind of this conundrum thing. But, yeah, I do. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that they're in divorce court. Not at all. I think they are, you know, a power couple. I think she is. I mean, I, I, I just don't know how do you, how do you do better than Giselle's Bunchton? Like, if we're being honest, I'm serious. How many other women in the world are, are beautiful, make millions and millions and millions of dollars? Like, is this just Tom Brady? you know, like overvaluing himself. I mean, like, it could do you be. think that's what this is? I it mean, she be. is, she's unbelievable. Yeah, dude. she's beautiful, man. I she mean, there's is. no doubt about that. But, but again, it needs to be said, like, who the hell knows what kind of person she is behind closed doors? And I, I think that same logic applies to Tom as well. I mean, we know these people as public figures. What are they like in private? I don't know. You know, it's never been an issue before. But, it, but whether it's this rumor about how she didn't want to live in Florida or whether it's the rumor of, hey, she's pissed off that he's not home and he chose football over the family, like, whatever, dude. You're not getting away from the fact that it needs to be said you're divorcing Tom Brady, one of the greatest football players of all time. Who comes out of this in better shape? Is it is it Jizzy or is it Tommy? I don't know. You think they got a prenup? Uh, no, shit. No, wait. Do they have a prenup? Oh my goodness! Could you imagine the Giselle Bunchton, uh, you know, Tom Brady prenup? I mean, financially, I don't. Do they care? I mean, aren't you well, just taking you what was yours? Well, yeah, but I think. Do you that, have? Uh, do you? You got to have your own checking account, right? I would assume. If yeah, you're Giselle like, and Tommy, don't you have your own? Like, you have your own checking accounts, yeah, right? Yeah, I would assume so, but I. I I don't know, man. Like that. This is kind of what I'm getting at. Like we don't know their life setup or how things sort of Oof. pan out or, or play out. You know. Oof. I I mean I I don't know if if I'm Tommy, 
Uh, Tommy Brady, she's on. Un- she's unbelievable, dude. Like she yeah. is. Yes. I mean that is I you I'm, I'm you know. Um, and like, I just I, I struggle with this concept that you know this is just about football. I can't believe that you're getting divorced if it's just about football. There's no way. Like there's a lot of people who say that this is about them moving to Florida and that she never wanted to move to Florida and that yeah. you know she's upset because. Tommy went back and Tommy was playing football and she wanted Tommy to like stop playing football. I mean, but like, I mean, it's Giselle's Bunchton. Yeah. Guy like, did you not hit the chick lottery with Giselle's Bunchton? Are like, are you serious? I, I don't know, man. Like, I don't buy this whole, hey, she she wants a divorce because she doesn't want to live in Florida. Flari- I don't buy that. Because here's the problem with that. They can live anywhere. Like, you can, like, they have mm, enough mm, money mm, mm. where he could have a house in, let's just call it L.A., because I don't know where she'd want to live. But let's just say it's L.A. Rand he- says, none your business. Why you talk about this? It, absolutely, it's our business. Yeah, 100%. It, yeah. It's it's yeah. Tommy. It's Jizzy. Like, they're our friends. We can talk about it. Uh, Boyd Lake says, this breakup is not about Tom deciding to play another year. I don't believe you. I don't believe it either. I don't I don't believe it at all. Uh, let's see. That last photo makes uh Giselle's Bunchton look like Sarah Jessica Parker. She does not look like a in this picture. You no, think she looks like no, a horse? No, up up one. This that, one? That one, yeah. What part of her looks like a horse? No. Are you kidding me? He said Sarah Jessica Stop. Stop. What? Bro. Max Verstappen. We, okay, you, we got we gotta move on. We gotta move on now. Football if wow. You are are you gonna be crabby all day or is no, this something? Seven o'clock. Is this something in, you feel like clock, that bro. you're gonna get over? Stay in the clock, bro. Is it like do you think you'll you uh I'll, okay I'll, uh well just to say that uh Jacko Pizza. Nine one one, what's your emergency? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, we traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. I love their pizza so much. I still love that pizza. I love that commercial. Jacko Pizza. Yeah, it's brilliant. I agree. Use the promo code Monty25. Get 25% off your purchase at $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Tweet us some pictures of your pizzas. What are you getting? Yeah, I I, I, uh, insta-snap-faced a picture of my pizza over the weekend. The uh, absolute amazing pizza. Uh, that we got at Papa Murphy's. The Monty Show presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Are you, so are you over it now? Like, are we just going to, like... I'm good, you man. You walked I'm... in the front door this morning, like, listen, just all listen. pissed okay, off at the world. Some days when you get up at, at 4.15 in the morning, you're not thrilled to be getting up at 4.15 in the morning. That's the nature of the See, beast. Shower okay? at night and sleep till 4.30. But I'm, okay, okay, real quick, two minutes. So I'm not a big fan of, okay, shower at night. Like, I actually, okay, I am a big fan of shower at night before bed. Feels amazing. Sleep great. Absolutely clutch. Better sex, yeah. But I don't like doing, hey, I'm going to stand at the sink and I'm going to wet my hair and call it good. I'm not a big fan of that process. I don't like that. And if I'm going to do that, I need to have really short hair to do it. Because I just, it doesn't, I, I don't know, it's never worked great for me i don't like it well i i don't love it i i would agree with that but like there's a hair, there's like a process part. like for you it's a little easier because you're just straight back like mine like parts and i have this weird thing where my hair it's called stands, a, colic. a colic or it just stands up and it's a pain in the ass and i just i need the full shower experience to get my hair right but see the thing that you don't understand is you can't just put the the crap in your hair and then comb it 
There is a period where you get out of the shower, you towel your towel dry your hair. Yeah, so it's moist. Let it, not let it wet. stand there. Brush your teeth. Mm-hmm. Then put the the hair paste in. Then you know do take your vitamins. This my process is get in the shower, get out of the shower, dry my hair, mm-hmm. right? But then, again, when you dry it, it's not like dry. Yeah, just dry. towel it's dry like, your hair. Yeah. I brush my teeth. I put the boogie's hair paste in right, from Dollar Shave Club. It's amazing, absolutely Good stuff. amazing. Yeah. Then I take my vitamins, and by then the paste has had a t- a chance to work on the hair, and then I comb it and do my my you know fluff it and scruff it till it's wet. <laughs> Uh, thing and then you know i go through it and it looks it looks amazing but i do that every day like i'm very rhythmic about and life kind of scruff it and you know with it when that's, it's wet that's what you have to do but you show up today in a crabby ass mood and you know it's not my fault that your attitude sucks whatever man and i understand that this show is presented by the advocates utahadvocates.com hey the best in the business anytime you're in a wreck Please, my friends, do not trust your insurance company. Insurance companies are not your friend. They're not on your side. They're in the business of making money. And that means they pay you far less money than you deserve. It wasn't your fault you got in that accident, but you do deserve somebody to fight for you, to make you whole, to help you get your life back. That's why you go to The Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. You do not pay a penny until The Advocates win your case. Chat with them online for free right now at UtahAdvocates.com. Talking about this thing with Victor Wambanyama last night. (laughs) Can I just get this comment from Alex about shaving your head? Alex. Alex Alex Chacon. Uh, Shave your head. It makes the morning routine easier. (laughs) (laughs) You know. You know. You know, you know, um, M. Alvarez says, hey, Jake, remodel your bathroom so you have a walk in shower. Then you can just use the shower to wet your hair. Yeah, I could do that. I live in an apartment, though. I don't know my place yet. You, uh, you know, I'm broke. Uh, my jazz fan says working in Boston this week or ordered a Hawaiian pizza for dinner. They delivered a pineapple spicy Capicola barbecue bacon on a pizza. It was fire. Capicola. Yeah, you got to take a picture of that. That's funny, dude. Capicola. Cap. Capicola. Capicola is amazing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Boyd Blake says, and no one is going to make Tom Brady submit, not even Jamel. You will, Giselle, you will submit. Wow. Okay. Uh, can but someone now, please tell me tell what's going what on now. on this show? No, we can't. Um, no, uh, unfortunately no. not. Because uh, we don't classified know. information. We don't know. Tom only submits to slightly deflated footballs. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 90s Nick says sports or haircuts. Here we go. Um, nah, you've been on the show two minutes. Chill out. We just out. spent 40 minutes talking about talking about Victor and basketball. We do three hours on this show. We're spending five minutes talking about haircuts. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says play the Chewbacca drop and move on from Tommy Gunn. LOL. Play the Chewbacca wow. drop. Uh, Boyd Lake says Giselle is beautiful but is notorious for throwing tantrums and hissy fits and running off to cool down. That pattern was going to end badly for her marriage. Do you guys care about Tom and Jizzy? Like Giselle's Bunchton, do you guys care? I actually think it's fascinating when people... The thing I've always struggled with in life is understanding who you are and where you are. Right. You're Giselle Bunchton and Tom Brady. You've got the world in the palm of your hands. Wish this was you. You've earned the life that you have. You have all the money you could ever want. You're hot as freaking amazing. How about that? Like you're you're both smoking sexified monsters. But no one's going to disrespect me. 
You've got beautiful kids. You can't figure this out? I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> you can't figure this out? When I die, I'm going to paradise. Like paradise is Giselle's Bunchton, and you can't figure it out, Tommy? And Giselle, you've got one of the hottest, most desirable men on the planet who's a great football player and by all accounts a tremendous father, husband, by all accounts a, a, an unbelievable businessman, and you can't figure it out? It's really despicable. Like, they, this fascinates me. Yeah. You can't figure it out. Well, and it's a classic. Like, we've seen this so many times before, too. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's buddy at Microsoft, Bill Gates, cheating with an intern, or, you know, like... Bro, Jeff. Jeff Johnson. Okay, your name is no longer Jeff. It's Geoff, first of all, with this comment. <laughs> your name is now Geoff, okay? Because this comment, I can't do it with this uh, comment. She's not that hot. She's got a long face. Tom can pull a Leo and go younger. <laughs> oh, my God. You just said that. Are you serious? She's not that hot. Like, that's a pixelated picture. Forgive me. Um that it come on are you kidding come me on, she's hot dude. Are, are you kidding me she's, yes please she's, she's yes. at least like, an eight on anyone's scale like these pictures are terrible by the way that, I mean, that picture doesn't do her justice that no. i'm not a big fan of that jizzy look that's not good i, I see dead people yeah that's not yeah no nah, i'm I, good i need to find a better picture of her that that is but she is just search can you just search like giselle runway or something something that's like you know does her justice but see i don't want her on a runway I want to see her like average mom. That's what like th this is like this there picture right that's, here. That's let me a good see, one. Let me see if My, I can. The point of this whole conversation is just, and, and we'll get back to VW here shortly. But the point of this whole thing is that is that it's just incredible to me and us that a couple like this who has succeeded at such a high level in life, you know, in their gifted and chosen professions, like it's just crazy that. Even with all that money, all the life you're able to live and everything you've built, that you are not able to work it out. And and again, it should be said, the divorce lawyer thing is still allegedly, it's still technically a rumor, you know? Yes. So maybe it's not true. Maybe it's just completely garbage and fabricated, whatever. But if it's true that they're in divorce court, that's just really sad, man. Like, I just can't believe that they couldn't work this out on some level. I, I think it's just that whole thing where you don't understand... You know, like, like, see that right there to me, that's natural beauty. Like she's beautiful. Like if you look at that, she's got she beautiful hair. Unhappy, though. She's toned. Like they're just walking down the street with their kids. Yeah. Like she's just a naturally beautiful woman. Tom and, is that dude though, dude. Oh my like, God. With the, with the sunglasses and the backwards hat and like, you know, he just, he just gets it. Like, but, but I'm just, I'm just telling you. This photo right here based on Jeff Johnson. But this oh. is the other side of it. So there's been a lot of pictures. Like there was a, you know, whether it's Antonio Brown or a couple of these pictures we're about to load in. Like she's she has had her fair share of dates with big time celebrity, ultra successful alpha male guys, you know? And I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like maybe it was just time to to move it along. I, I, I really don't. No, but I, I just to me, it's a it's a crying shame if a couple on this level can't figure it okay, out. Okay, so are are you are you ready for this photo? Yeah, do it. Oh my god! Like she looks amazing right there. And dude. obviously Leo. Dude. Young Leo too. He is 
Yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah, my God. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I care about it. I do. I, I, I care about it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it matters. Josh Lovren says, do you do high level achieving high, high profile people make great partners with one another? Could well, be. Not necessarily. I mean, and that's but, tough. but I think that when you, I do believe in the fact that if you achieve at such a high level, like you're, you're clearly really intelligent. And if you're that intelligent, I would think that you would be able to work things out, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, Jesus Christ destroys Marxism says, so apparently she's now a wide receiver. Wow. Wow. Hey, you start talking shit. Wow. Rand says, at least Brady won't be in the Super Bowl. That could be an upside. Okay. So that's how oh, And be. now, see, San Diego State Aztec makes it like real life. Let's be normal and practical and commonsensical. Y'all want to play. She can be an eight or nine on the outside. What's on the inside is making her a two. Same goes for Tom. More going on here. I, oh, I, I agree, agree with that. that. I think that's spot on. I yeah, agree with that that's for sure. On. Yeah. Um, Jeff says guys are also attracted to power. That's how she can land those dudes, but she's still a seven. Mm. Oh, you know, just a seven. So, okay, okay. Just a seven. Okay, G off. If she's a seven, who's a 10? You know. Just, just a, just, just, just a seven. I mean, who's your ten out of ten then? Are you a Margot Robbie fan? Are you? I mean, what is your Margot Robbie? What's your, what's your go-to? Cole Robbie, Margot, Margot Robbie is, uh, yeah, Margot Robbie's all that. That, that picture of Giselle right there, I think, is the. But I also think the real life picture of her and Tom. Yeah. Well, cause that, yeah, that's real. I mean, that's you know, that's like who's your number one? Like are Margot you... Robbie. Bring her up, Margot Robbie. She's your number one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, dude. Margot Robbie is. Mm -mm. She's your number one. So oh, are yeah. you Margot Robbie like the Wolf of Wall Street? Margot Robbie. She was fine in Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, she's just she's a damn good actress, man. Or excuse me, actor. Actor. Can we now. please Sorry. not upset people? Sorry. Uh, with your nonsense. So Margot Robbie's your number one. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I, I think that's a strong God, number one, dude. I hate when you try to download a picture and and they're like, "Nah, bro, it's a it's a web thing." Um, Margot Robbie's okay. I, I I don't know who my number one is currently. Yeah, I don't know that I I don't know that I that I have a number one necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, man, who would I who would I say is number one? Boy, I I can't even think of. I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. It's a, it's the buxom uh, Latina actor. Um, and I can never, the oh, older lady. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, there's yeah, your I girl, Margo. About. Yeah. There's your girl, Margo. Yeah, dude. She's, you know, she's fine. You're a big but, fan of Margo. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Think All about right. who your number one would be. We'll come back to this. We'll come back in, to that. In, you know, 40, 50 minutes. Think about who your number ones are. Uh, Monty in the morning presented by the advocates, Utah advocates.com. Um, I think that without doubt, um, this Tom Brady story is going to lead headlines. I mean, it, it always has, it always will. Um, uh, but I think the biggest story in sports this morning certainly is this Victor Wambanyama, um, Scoot Henderson battle last night in Las Vegas, all while the Utah jazz were playing game two of the preseason beating Portland, one eighteen one Oh one. Jordan Clarkson in the starting lineup drops 19 points. Uh, clearly the best player on the floor last night. I think we saw a bunch of young guys get after it. Not Nobody really stood out to me anyway. Uh, but I think this VW um, scoot game last night was pretty flipping phenomenal. 
Um, I'm taking Scoot Henderson. I am not going to come off of that. I, I think that when you're seven, five, 200 pounds, Victor Wambanyama, I think you are an injury waiting to happen. And I think yeah. frankly, your physical frame, in my opinion, is not built for the NBA and that you're going to, he's going to have to be, he's going to have to be two, two thirty, two forty, and it's got to all be muscle. And he's probably going to have to have a transformation on the line of a Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. um, to get to where he needs to be, in my opinion, to be competitive. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the the thing is, again, not to hate on French players, but every French player in the league that I know is soft. Like I look at, like Evan Fournier, great example. Evan Fournier is a productive guard in the league, but he's not a number one. He's a role player in a starting five. And I think that I look at Rudy Gobert, I look at, any number of guys who have come out of France, and I just say, we know what this product is. We know that they're big, long, lanky guys who are built for the Euro game and not built for the NBA. So this wouldn't be like if, if I said to you, hey, VW is going to be drafted 15th overall. I wouldn't have a problem taking him at 15. Not a problem at all. Because I think at 15, it's elite value. But at number one, it's not elite value because of the injury risk. And and I know, like, Giannis made the transformation look easy. You know, he made, you know, building his frame out. And, and I don't even know how much Giannis weighs now, but he's got to be in that 240 neighborhood somewhere at least. Like, getting to that level of muscle and build on a 7-5 frame, good luck with that, man. That is difficult to do. Yeah, I, I think... I think Scoot Henderson brings everything you want. Yeah. And I look at Scoot and I look at the profile and I look at everything that he brings to the yard, dude. And I just, I love his game. I love that he has that step back. I love that he can shoot three. I love he has a pull-up game, mid-range, which I think is now vital for any guard in this league. I love he plays fast. I like that he dimes. I, I just like the way the guy plays. Yeah. And I think he is your prototypical NBA young um, he projects to be a superstar. He's everything you want. And even though they just traded Donnie, I, I've got to believe that the Jazz are out, out looking for that next franchise-level star. And I think you're going to have a much more difficult time finding a better prospect than Scoot Henderson to be that guy. Um, I think he's just a – he is a franchise guy. And his attitude, his, his demeanor, the way he carries himself – the intensity and the fire he plays with. Like Victor Wambanyama, you know, was asked about him and Scoot, and he said, you know, I think if I was never born, Scoot would be justifiably the number one player in the draft. And it's like, okay, well, now you're just a dick about it. Yeah. Like, I just don't like that. I, I'm a big believer in being humble. I'm a big believer in having humility. And VW doesn't have that because he's never had to play up. Yes. He's not playing against guys that are bigger and stronger and better. He's not doing what LaMelo Ball did and going to Lithuania and playing against men. He's playing against boys. He's playing against guys he should dominate. He's playing against like talent. You never find out until who a guy is until he plays against bigger, badder men. Yes. And we haven't seen that guys in the W yet. are capable of actually beating him. Think we haven't seen that. it. And I love that everybody got all fired up about that block he had on Scoot. It was a foul. Even ever, even the guys on the broadcast talked about it last night. Yeah, like he just does not have the physical attributes at this point in his life to play at the NBA level. I don't think he's NBA ready. I think Scoot Henderson is NBA ready right now. And when I say that, I don't mean he's going to you know be the best guard in the league, 
But he's a guy that could go out there and contribute right now yeah. because he can shoot the three and he's got a phenomenal eye for passing. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is worth as much as any attribute that any guard in the league has right now. Do you think he's ever better than, let's say, a Darius Garland? At, I do. At, at, at Darius Garland's stage right now. I do. I think that, that Scoot Henderson, because of his ability to play different different positions and play at different sizes, I think Scoot Henderson can be a top five guard in the NBA. I think when you look at it, you look at the Donovan Mitchells, he, he can absolutely be Don and better. There is no doubt in my mind he can be a better player than Donovan Mitchell is. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt about it. He's got to mature. He's got to stay healthy. All the things that you got to do. Right, of course. But he clearly, the other thing about Scoot that I think is so impressive, he's doing this in the G League, and he's doing this in, a, in an atmosphere where, and he's openly talked about this, where he knew he was sacrificing, yet he put himself with the G League Ignite because he wanted a place where he could grow, develop, and make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And he said last night, the G League Ignite is the perfect situation for me and my family. He understands it. He gets it. He knows the game. He knows the process. So he didn't go to college because in college, you don't necessarily get tested. Yeah. In college, you don't you don't go up against guys that are bigger and badder than you. To it, it there's a ceiling on it. It in the ignite, it's guys pushing and fighting for a paycheck. You can't replicate that. And Scoot Henderson embracing that and understanding that's what he's there to do. To me, that says everything you need to know. It's my argument with Dante Exum. And I know everybody at the time told me I was an a-hole for it. More casual. I'm telling you right now, Dante Exum's failings were that he never had to compete. Dante Exum was handed everything he was given right up into the NBA draft. And then when he showed up in Salt Lake City to compete for a roster spot, he wasn't capable mentally or physically. That's who Victor Wambanyama reminds me of. A guy who's never been tested, who's never had to fight for his position because he's 7'5", 200 pounds. He's going to be our starting guy. He's going to be our best. He's French. He, great. Polyvu Francais, MFR. Now you got to do it in the NBA. And I don't know that he's he's scalable to do that. I think he is a minimum three years away from being an NBA star. If that. To be a contributor, he's two years away. Yeah. I, I think his I think the Christoph Porzingis comparison I like a lot. Although I will say I think Victor's got a lot more in his bag than than Christoph's had coming to the league. Um, just from a, a handle perspective, he can shoot it. Like he has the thing that people get excited about with VW, and, and I understand this completely. They get excited about the fact that he has the finesse side of his game on lock already. He can shoot the three. He's got a baseline fadeaway. He's got a mid. Like he's got the scoring attributes. My problem is, is that typically I would say, okay, if a guy is showing me that already, then yeah, he's going to project to be an NBA star. Here's what I don't like. I don't like that he's doing that against people who are half his size. That's my problem. I want to know what it looks like when he's got a 275-pound seven-footer in front of him who can body him and who can put him on the floor if he wants to. That's what my problem is. Last night is, is, is another example. He's shooting over guys that never have a chance to block it, and I get it. Like That's part of his game, but, but I just... I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm not willing to take risks in the draft. And everyone's gonna say, well, like, ever, all the analysts will be like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's about as risk-free as you can get. And I disagree. 
whether it's an injury thing, whether it's what you were talking about where he's never been tested, he's always been the best guy on his team, and he thinks that he's the Jesus Christ of basketball or whatever the French Jesus Christ is, you know, like the he French like, Jesus like when Christ. you think that you're the best to ever do it and you've never done it against anybody who's better than you, that to me is an issue. You're coming to the best league in the world and you think that you're going to be like the best right out of the gate. And that's not going to happen. Whether I look at guys like Cat, I look at Jokic, I look at Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid will dominate him. Dominate him. There will be no stopping those guys for, for VW. So that's my problem, and that's why I go with Scoot. Yeah, I think in my mind you look at this graphic that's up there now. Um, I, I think everybody's overlooking Nick Smith. There's no doubt about that. Um, I don't think there's any chance in the world, and I could be wrong about this. I don't think there's any chance in the world that VW doesn't go number one. Unless he gets hurt or something changes or – Victor Wambanyama is going to be the number one pick. I think Scoot goes two, and I think Nick Smith goes three. Um, and and I, 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 that's probably how I would do it. But, but like even Nick Smith is a great example. A guy playing in the SEC, like he's playing at least he's playing big time college basketball. At least he's playing against guys that that are NBA talents. Can we honestly say that that VW has played against you know most of the guys he's played against are NBA talents, like guys who could be in the league because I can't confidently say that we know for a fact that overseas basketball is not as close to what the NBA provides and I don't care what Giannis has to say about that the NBA is the best league in the world bar none best talent most skilled guys most physical league for sure like there's no doubt about that so to me I just don't know how like scouts and GMs and front offices overlook the fact that he's never played against anyone who's as good as him. That to me is crazy. I, well, cause I just don't think they care. I mean, I, I, I don't think, and, and this could just be me. I, I don't think people look at that. I don't think people care. I think they, everybody believes that they can turn guys into superstars. And I, I'm telling you now that I, I just don't see I don't know why, why wouldn't, what is it about? What is it about a guy like a Scoot Henderson that scares you even? Like, there's nothing really about Scoot that no. scares me. To me, physically, Scoot's fine. He's a guy where I'm like, yeah, you know, there are going to be little portions of his game that he's going to want to improve on. I'm sure he want, he's going to want to work on his shooting percentage. I'm sure that, you know, he's going to want to work on, you know, like when he gets drafted, Things that Scoot Henderson are gonna have to, is gonna have to work on are are things like understanding the offense he's stepping into or what his best shots are on the floor, his spots, and he already knows that obviously. But like at the NBA level, at NBA speed, what are my spots? Where do I want to get to? What are the guys I'm playing with? Like NBA tactics, X's and O's. He's not gonna have to worry about his body nearly as much. But like for VW. It's very simple. You're you you you're gonna have to get stronger, man. And and I like I just what terrifies me is the Houston Rockets type team that just runs up and down. And VW's never gonna keep up in that game. VW's gonna be trailing the play every single time. And it's like, what good are you if you're not in the play? Yeah. It, it look, he's a, a wonderfully talented guy. I, I I don't know, man. I just don't see. When you're when you're out trying to make all that money and you're seven five two hundred pounds, man, you better have a backup plan, um, you know, to to backstop your life, which is why you go to TridayTrading.com/slash Monty because it's a great side hustle in a 
That was well done, uh, sir. A backup plan. That was really well uh, done. Trydaytrading.com uh, slash Monty. Do you know what day trading is? Um, how many side hustles have you tried? How many times have you been like, oh, let me shovel driveways. Let me deliver newspapers. Let me wash windows. Let me do X, Y, and Z. Let me do Amazon. Let me do your mom. Like how many times have you said, <laughs> I am going to do this as a side hustle. It's going to be amazing. You get a week into it and you give up on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. At Triday Trading, you don't have to worry about that anymore. Day trading is a legitimate revenue generating side hustle that can scale into your full-time gig. And I, I continue to tell you um, that there's no obligation. There is all you need to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty and watch the video because I think what you will see very quickly is that when you go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty, you register for the webinar, you watch it, you're going to know right away. As soon as that webinar ends, you're going to know right away, hey, this is for me, it's not for me. Okay, I'm going to move on. It's that simple. There's no obligation. There's no cost. And if you don't believe me, take the word of Alema Harrington. Alema Harrington here. You know, I've been in the broadcast business going on 30 years now. And after that amount of time, you start to be able to pick some winners. I want to share a winner that I'm aware of with you, and that is my guys at Tri-Day Trading. They're going to teach you how to trade, and then they're going to let you trade using their money and then split the profits with you. That's a pretty winning deal. If you want to register for a free webinar, all you have to do is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. So for more information, it's trydaytrading.com slash Monty. We'll see you there. Ah, there you go. Alema Harrington. Um, you don't take my word, take Alema's word, but don't do nothing. Go to yeah. trydaytrading.com slash Monty. I, I, I just have talked to so many of our listeners who've done it now. And who are excited about Triday Trading and yeah. and it because you you'll realize right away that the, their case studies, their students, their the people that have gone through their program rave about them. And the best part is you don't risk your own money when you start trading. Triday Trading gives you their money. That's how you learn to trade with their money. And when you profit off of their money, they give you fifty percent of that profit. So. It's just a great program. And then Again. when you're ready to use your money, you can. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, it, that's the beautiful. Like, how many times, like, this is a question I always pose. How many times in life are you given an opportunity where there's no legit, not sugar-coated, like, 100% facts, no risk to you to look into it and to, to work with them? No risk to you right out the gate. Yep. Nothing. They're saying, hey, use our money. We'll teach you. And then you're good to go. So that's what I'm saying. The, if you go and you watch the webinar, trydaytrading.com slash Monty, you look at the webinar, you see the people in there talking about like how they, they're, they're average Joes, just like you and me. Like they're just like us having success. Yep. Uh, trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Uh, make sure you tell me you heard about it right here on the Monty Show. Harris Lachance, one hour from right now uh, to talk BYU and Notre Dame. But let's get a couple of your comments in here. Um, Josh Lovern says, Luca, uh, Kobe, and Giannis all have said European pro hoops is more physical than the NBA. It's not a matter of European pro hoops. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is a teenager who's not playing in the Euro leagues. He's not playing in Spain or France or Germany. He's playing at lower levels. He is a young guy. And I think when you look at Victor Wambanyama, the biggest question is, can he physically compete with men at the NBA level? It doesn't matter if Europe is more physical. He's not going to play in Europe. He's going to play in the NBA. And when you look at the way the NBA game is officiated, 
you're going to get banged. You're going to you're going to you're going to play in the paint and he's a guy that when they take his space away, he much like Chet Holmgren, he's going to have to have a handle and he's going to have to show that he can do that. You know, like it's just it yeah. that's a really important part of it. Uh Michael Burton gives us a $5 tip. NBA has the best talent yet 36ers beat the Suns. Don't discount international players. You really think the the you're, you, you really think the 36ers on, are better than come the on, Suns? Guy. Come on. You re- you think that's the case? In a preseason case. game. Come on now. VW is 18 and will fill out uh, with good conditioning staff. I I think everybody, you're you're either misunderstanding what I'm saying or I'm not saying it well. Victor Wambanyama has testosterone in his body, so he's going to build bone and muscle. I get it. He's going to fill out. Find me the guy in the history of the NBA at his size who's done well. Find me the guy. Whether And look at the biggest of the bigs. Look at the Yao Mings, for instance. Injured. Ruined his career. Injuries wrecked his career. Look at Chet Holmgren. Look at Chet Holmgren. Injured. Derailed the, the, the rookie his rookie season. How'd he get injured? Ran into Le- LeBron James in a pro-am. In a pro-am. Like, not it, even an NBA game. What you don't understand is the speed and the beating that you take in the NBA is not for every body type. You look at his build. You look at his legs. You look at how long his legs are. You look at the... The one of the things that a lot of people do now is they measure your body in 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 science and angles. The geometry of his body is scary to me because there's so much torque on his knees, his back, and his ankles. That worries you. Those are where your worst career-threatening injuries are. Look at Michael Porter Jr. in Denver. Yeah. Constantly injured with a back injury. There's like, been one guy man. who's a seven-footer and had a Hall of Fame career. His name's Kevin Durant. And he's been wildly injured recently with an Achilles, a knee, a back, a a sore back, a Liz Frank broken foot. You see how the body breaks down at that size. I'm I'm just telling you. And Wambanyama's five inches taller than Kevin Durant. We'll see. We will see. Uh, Rant says, does he have handles? Yeah, he's all right. I mean, he is. For his size, he's got great handle. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. His skill set's not in question. Yeah. The question is, how does Victor Wambanyama's game transfer to to the NBA? I think that is the single biggest question, and the answer is I don't know. I don't know how it it it, it transfers. Uh, Caleb Harrison says Victor is a savage for saying Scoop may be the number one pick if I wasn't born. I I agree. You better back it up though, dude. Like that's you, if the you're going to talk trash like that, and I agree, it is a savage comment. And again, it works both ways. I love the confidence, but you come off sounding like an asshole if you don't back it up. That's the problem. That's here. the problem. That's right there. the problem. If you don't back this this up in the NBA and you are Mr. Hype Machine, like someone known as Zion Williamson, and everyone said you're the best thing I've ever seen, and then John Morant's a way better player than you've ever been coming into the league and doing way more than Zion's done. Like, what good is it? And now look what Zion's had to go through. Zion Williamson is a large body type. He's heavy. He's thick. And he's had all kinds of injuries because he doesn't have an NBA body. And I know that everybody's going to say, well, hey, you know, he's, he's a young guy. Well, what is Victor Wambanyama? He's a young guy without an NBA body. And it doesn't matter if you're short and heavy like Zion or tall and, and light like Victor. The beating that the NBA puts on you dictates that you have to be a physical freak. Yeah. And I don't, his skill set is not in question. Yeah. I have no doubt that if he was 6'9, I would take him with the number one pick. There's no doubt about it. He was 7'2. Yeah. If he was 7'1, 
I'd take him. This wouldn't be a conversation. He's not. He's 7'5", and he's barely 200 pounds. And that's concerning. That's my... And so when we're talking about, hey, Scoot versus VW, I'm taking Scoot all day because Scoot's a prototypical body. He's got the skill, same skill set. He is absolutely a killer. Yeah. The one thing that we know about Scoot, Scoot wants to take your head off every single time. He is not a guy that takes pain. He is not a guy that's like, oh, I better take you. No. He wants to put your lights out every single time he's got the ball. And I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that about him. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ed Morris says, when there is a chance at a guy like VW, the Jazz have to take their shot. And that's where the conversation for me gets difficult mm. because I understand the logic there. I get it. But at the same time, what are you going to say in in uh, four years maybe? Let, let's say the Jazz do draft them. They get the number one overall pick. Okay, great. You know, now it's the VW show. Is that really the guy you want to build around? You, you're really telling me that that's the guy you want to build around? Because I don't want to build around him. I have zero interest yeah. in that. We'll see. Gage Carter gives us a $5 tip. Appreciate the tip, guys. By the way, all of the money that you guys tip us, and we encourage you to tip us millions of dollars. Yes, all the uh, tip. Because Giselle called me. I haven't called her back. She left me a voicemail, but you know. Right. Uh, I need You know, help me out. I need the bottom line. <laughs> Excellent strategy, sir. You know. Uh, all the money you give us goes into the infrastructure fund on our show. Uh, we don't, it's not like we're going out and, you know, getting, no, I'm going to stop. It and goes into the infrastructure every single time. of the show. He says, if VW, I like VW a lot, but he doesn't put on weight and strengthen up. He's going to fold like a long chair, lawn chair in the NBA. Yeah. And that's your, that's your biggest concern because frankly, I hope I'm wrong. I, I you know, for a guy like VW, his entire life has been basketball to fail or not make it in the NBA is an awfully difficult path to adulthood. I mean, that's very difficult. So you hope that he turns into, you know, a, an NBA superstar. You do. I And by the way, for what it's worth, the Jazz have no shot at either one of these two, I don't think. I mean, the percentages Unless they trade are, up. They'd have to trade up. The percentages are so far against them. Even if they, they win 15 games. Yeah. It's the percentages are so far against them. Uh, appreciate the tip, Gage Carter. Uh, very much. Thank you. Uh, the biggest stories in sports this morning at 735 presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Um, all I can say is go to Quick Quack. Not only is it quick and efficient, the people there are really friendly. Um, it's why I originally went to a Quick Quack Car Wash. Uh, but that's where I go with my, I take my lifted Jeep in there. I take my, my Audi SQ5 in there. Um, I love it. Quick Quack Car Wash brings you the biggest stories in sports every morning on the Monty Show. And I, I don't think there's any doubt that Jazz are up there in, in terms of the biggest stories this morning. This question about Jordan Clarkson starting for the Jazz, I think is a really good one. I would, I would start him and Colin Sexton at guard. I would. Yeah. I don't care if Mike Conley's a veteran. It doesn't matter. Mike Conley is not long for this team. I would be starting uh, Clarkson and Sexton. I, Colin Sexton would be my starting point guard right now, today, done. Nothing to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I think we all see the writing on the wall uh, with Jerry Butler. I think there's no doubt that he is on the clock and his time with this team is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. um, but if I'm the Utah Jazz, I, I am starting three guys I have to start, Clarkson, Sexton and Jared Vanderbilt. What you want to do with the other guys, hey, that's up to you. Um, I don't think there's any question at this point the teacher's pet, Kelly Olinick, is going to be the starting center. All um, gas, no break. 
you know. <laughs> the teacher's pet. <laughs> he is. That trade, I, uh, Kelly Olynyk's dead to me for the simple reason that you gave away Boyan Bogdanovich <laughs> to get him. I mean, I am that. I will hate that trade until the day I die. And or until they move Olynyk, which is never going to happen. Well, he, God, why did you? Why did you do that? Dwayne Casey, the head coach of the Pistons last night, called Boyan Bogdanovich. A godsend. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. A godsend. Exactly what we needed. And they stole him from the Jazz. But anyway, here and there. Kelly Olynyk will be your uh, starting center. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, and as we talk Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I think that your front court's probably going to be Olynyk, um, Vanderbilt, and Lori Markinen. I would guess. I yeah. would like to see Sexton and Clarkson start. Have Mike Conley be a bench guy. That that's what I would do. Um, you know, Rance says uh more jazz jazz trades upcoming. Yeah. I think there's no doubt about that. Caleb says Sexton, Clarkson, Vanderbilt, Laurie, and Kelly. That's probably your starting five. I agree with yeah. that. Uh Gage Carter says I was impressed with Stanley Johnson last night. He played solid. Yeah, Stan's a, a solid player. And I think people forget about him. Yeah. Like he can play. He's never going to be a superstar, but he's a fine big off the bench. I I you know, he's yeah, I like him for his size. I think that's what I I really like about him. He could play yeah. multiple positions, but he brings you decent size. And you, he's never going to win for you, but he's not going to kill you either. Yeah. In, in my totally opinion. Totally agree. Uh Caleb said Bogey had a good game, better fit than uh Grant for sure. And I think that's very true. I think Boyan Bogdanovich is a better fit in Detroit than than Jeremy Grant was. And that rip from the corner that he hit, I mean, it's just, that's who Bogey is. I mean, that's, he. if you rotate the ball, if he's on a team where ball rotation happens, he's lethal. Yes. He's going to give you, I think he's probably going to give you on that team, he's going to give you 18 to 20 points a night, and you're going to love him for well, it. Well, when you have Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay, you know, you really should just stand in the corner and shoot threes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Michael Burton says, put in whoever makes us the worst team for a season. I, I, I mean, again, I just go back to what Danny Ainge said. Danny Ainge said, I'm I'm too old to rebuild. We're not tanking. Like, I, I, I just don't, and I don't think that's what this roster says to you, in my opinion. Do you yeah, have I, I, you know, I, I don't think that they're tanking per se. I think that what Danny's done here is he's relieved the cap space issue, right? And he's traded all the heavy contracts out. Totally understand. But what he's also done is given them options moving forward. So, like, with the VW angle, I could see them saying, okay, once it once the lottery's done and ESPN's had their time and they've done the lottery and we know who's picking number one overall, then I, if I'm Danny, I'm picking up the phone, I'm calling that team, and I'm saying, what's it going to take for you to give us the number one pick? If that's what they want to do. To me... I'm not looking to get the number one overall pick. I could totally understand getting up into the top 10. I, I would even advocate for that. I think with where you are, you've got all these draft picks. Use some of the picks to make a, a game-changing trade, but also go and get some young talent that, that essentially is guaranteed to have success in the league. You know, So to me, I don't think they're tanking to play the lottery percentages. No, me either. I, I think that the strategy here is to get rid of all the bots that are in the comments by by you know trading up in the draft. Yeah, I I I'm working on it, man. Damn bots. You know what I'm saying? Like you 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 just They just come out of nowhere. Let me let me work. I'm working on it, you know. Circumcising some mosquitoes. Yeah, mosquitoes. There you go. Um 
Let's see. Tucker Brady says, why not tank for a season? Let the young guys get some run and see who and what they are and just shoot for the stars with the draft. What good does winning games do this season? I, I don't know that it does you any good to win games this season necessarily, but I think, I think what that says about your club, that's what, I mean, it, are you Oklahoma city? I, I would think not. I, I think mean, it's a mentality conversation. It's a it's problem not about win loss. It's about a mentality. Hey, our mentality this year is to lose every game we play. Well, that sounds pretty crappy to me, right? The mentality should be, Hey, our focus isn't necessarily on winning every single game. That's what we'll tell the yeah. public. But our, but our focus is actually to develop these guys through playing basketball games. So, Win or loss, I don't think matters as much. By the way, uh, Casual Kel says, I've been growing my hair out now that Olenek's on the team. I want a haircut. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that's I, – I will – I will, and it's not Kelly Olenek's fault. I'm sure he's a perfectly not nice guy. Uh, I just you, – you're dead to me, dude. Like, you, you gave away Boyan Bogdanovich for what? You know, like it, it Kelly is – Kelly Olenek. Ugh. That like to me that is that's ugly. Uh, let's see. Ka uh, Carlin Lefevre says, if we are keeping Jared Butler, I'd like to see him on the court as often as possible. I don't think you are. I don't think you are. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, good morning. Newsflash: the Bulls lost. No thanks. Uh, the Alex O Caruso. <laughs> hey man, I tagged I tagged my yeah. guy Jeremy Bolton on Twitter last night. Yeah, Jeremy, where were you at on Twitter last night? Conveniently, uh, just uh, chilling. Because I got to tell man? you, uh, Zion Williamson scored 13 points. Neat uh, last night, which is you know that I mean there there minutes? is there is something good about that, and um, you know that's that's fine. But Alex Caruso gave you nine points. Uh, in 17 minutes, and uh, Zion give you 13 and 15. Alex Russo is better than Zion Williams. Let's just get get. Let's get <laughs> on. Now, let me tell you, you what. Now. Um, Patrick Williams is not good. And as a Bulls fan, I'm a. I I no. I'm not. No, we 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 ain't got you know and you know and stuff. Yeah, yeah. We saw. It's okay. <sighs> Exhale the demons. The demons. Uh the Bulls are not good. The Bulls are not going to be good, and it's not going to, you know, you know, got you son of a biscuit. Anyway, uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, I was too busy chanting overrated. <laughs> hey, hey, man. I don't know. Who, uh, if you're chanting overrated at Alex Caruso, I think you're probably wasting your time because I don't think anybody rates him highly. Hello, uh, hey, man. You know. Uh, let's see. What does the mainstream media has issues jazz tanking if they want to go bear Mitchell traded? Who wanted Gobert and Mitchell traded? I, I see. This is that conversation again. Like I agree that the Salt Lake City media, the beat writers, wanted Donovan Mitchell gone. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The the there was almost a mission statement to be negative on Donovan Mitchell to get him traded by the media, and I think that was a big part of it. I don't think there was anybody in the media in this town that wanted Rudy traded. I mean, maybe me. I was probably the only one who thought that contract was an albatross. We said it the day it was signed. You can find it on our channel. Um, I just, I think it's unfortunate that the media so mistreated Donovan Mitchell here that it 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 created a problem, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to agree with that, but I, I think you know that's just yeah. me. I, yeah, I, that's just my opinion. Um, you know, Caleb says uh, above or below five hundred after thirty games. Below. Below. What I've seen out of the Utah Jazz is not good. I mean, they are 
There, I, hey, listen, if if this is tanking, if this is who you are, I mean, hey, that's fine. Yeah, I think you're a 10-win team at the 30-game mark. But I think you have to understand that oh, yeah, a 10-win team would be, that'd be all right. I mean. 10 and 20? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. 10 and 20. You know, uh, you've lost twice as many games as you won. 30 games in that. I mean, to me, that seems, you know, that seems reasonable. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. I I'm not, you know, the struggle with me in this jazz team is what's the upside to tanking. Cause it ain't VW or scoot. I can tell you that right now. I mean, that, that would be, it would be shocking if they got VW or scoot. I mean, it would be it would be truly shocking. I, I legit I just, think the only way to that is trading up for them. I, I I just I don't. What I don't understand is the people who say, "Hey, they should tank to try to win the lottery." Well, why would you tank to win the lottery when you've got like fifteen picks at your disposal? Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't. I don't understand it. I, I, I honest to God, I really don't understand it. You know, like it, it's it's crazy to me. Seven forty-five coming up in five minutes. Football fifty. Tom and Jizzy are getting divorced. Allegedly. Do you guys care about that? Don't forget Harris Chance coming up in 45 minutes, 8.30. Thanks to our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Real quick, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Have you changed your mind at all about my Brooklyn Nets? Um, my, I yeah, said. Well, because you're on the team now, right? Yeah, I'm the 17th guy on the bench. Yeah, obviously. For the so, fat I mean, guy. You know, I think, yeah, I, it's. Everyone thinks that I hate on the Nets. I'm a Kevin Durant guy. I want them to be successful. I'm just not going to give them the benefit of the doubt that all three of those personalities are going to work out the whole year in the locker room. What will it take for you to come to the dark Time. side on the Time. Nets? Time. 25, 30 games. Show okay. me that you're an elite team through. Like, I agree with Caleb. 30 games is a good benchmark. If you're, it is. If they are, let's say that the Brooklyn Nets have 20 to 23 wins after the 30-game mark. If you have that, then I'll believe in it. And I, by the way, I do like the concept of Ben Simmons running the break. I do. I think on the floor from an X's and O's perspective, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be just fine. My biggest concerns are off the court. What what does Kyrie burning sage at at Barclays look like? Burning what does Kyrie, <laughs> you know, coming out late to games because of Ramadan look like? With all due respect, I'm not trying to hate on the guy, but that's what he's given us to work with, you know? And so to me, I look at Ben Simmons. Big questions. Hey, what happens if Ben Simmons struggles, comes out and has a really slow, you know, 10-game stretch to start the year? Is his mental health going to hold up? Is he going to be fine? Like, what does that look like? I don't don't know. know. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of X factors in that room that we just don't know how they're going to play out. But on the court, there's no doubt. They're one of the most talented teams. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, you know, I spent some time last night – while Mrs. Monty was sleeping off the uh, butt rooter. Uh, the butt rooter. The butt rooter. Uh, we'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, I spent some time looking at, like, who do I really think are the best teams in the NBA? And I am I still think it's Golden State in the West, and I think it's Brooklyn in the East. I cannot find a compelling reason to take Milwaukee over Brooklyn. I I can't. I think that the injuries are going to mount for, for, for Milwaukee. I wish they were a little younger. Yeah. Uh, I think I think played Jan- a lot of basketball. Yeah, I was going to say I think Janice Ante, your mama, has played a lot of basketball. And l- l- in all seriousness, Giannis is a phenomenally talented player, but Father Time is undefeated. And when you play as many minutes as he's played, whether it's the Olympic tournament, the World Championships, the NBA Finals, the last you know two years ago, and now deep playoff runs, like there's a lot of miles on the tires, and you see it. 
There's nobody that escapes it, whether it's his own guy, Chris Middleton, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. KD. Kadizzle. Well, and the way Giannis plays, too. It's not like Giannis is a finesse player. The only guy I've ever seen escape it lock, stock, and barrel is Michael Jordan. Other than that, I mean, every other guy. But even Michael, like with Michael, like it's not like his whole career he didn't take time off. I mean, he had obviously time off from the Well, he broke the foot when he was younger. But, I mean, in his prime when they were, when it was jazz, jazz, bulls, jazz, bulls, jazz, bulls, when it was, you know, bulls, bulls, Sonics, Bulls, Blazers, um, you know, like he went through all that and he never really had a serious injury afterward. I mean, the run for the Lakers took a toll on Powell, Shaq, Kobe, like, yeah, there's just, there's just no doubt about it that it takes a significant toll on you. There, there's, yes. there's no way to avoid that. Um, there's no way to avoid football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty show. We bring you the biggest stories in sports. We'll get back to the jazz in the NBA at the top of the hour here in about 10 minutes. Uh, football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. 10 to the hour, every hour, you order your Papa Murphy's Pizza in the Papa Murphy's app. Uh, use the promo code MONTY25, M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25. Week 4 TV numbers. Last week, everyone was like, oh, it's BYU. You They're guys are fall. idiots. You don't know you're, what you're talking about. Uh, Aggie tears are going to crush your TV numbers. Oh, look at these. Uh, well, uh, you know, BYU, 5 million. They're going down. Well, what happened in week 5? Oh. oh, BYU rises again. Uh, this is why. BYU and ESPN, BYU and the Big 12. If you are in the Big 12, you love these numbers you're looking at right here. I think you, it's BYU and, and Jutta State. And they got 1.2 million viewers to the set. Insane. Unbelievable. Thursday night, primetime, ESPN. And now in totality, BYU is number two at 6.8 million viewers, more than USC, more than Utah, more than all of these teams. That's impressive, man. When you look at the number of people that have digested BYU football this year, it is nothing short of phenomenal. And I think it, it says a lot about the brand, and that's why here we go in Las Vegas, BYU and Notre Dame on on. Primetime television, and you're looking at a huge matchup. Um, you know, this is going to be this is a really important game for BYU. I mean, you're minus three Saturday in Vegas, five thirty NBC. Like, I mean, I got to think it's going to be a huge BYU house, yeah. Even in the resale market, um, I mean, it's a huge moment in time for BYU. You've got to play well. Um, I think you, you've got to play better. One of the questions I, I have about BYU. Yeah. Is BYU having a good year? You're 4-1. and one. Obviously, the Oregon loss is ugly. But you're 4-1 and one with Notre Dame and Arkansas straight ahead of you. Let's say you lose to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's coming off of a bye. Okay, fine. You're 4-2 and two going to play Arkansas. Yeah. Is that a bad year? I think you're going to win one of these two games. You're probably going to be 5-2 and two after the Arkansas game. Right. Is that a bad year? I don't think it's a bad year. I think the trouble that BYU runs into is the hype machine. Like, we've spent a lot of time on this show talking about how good they are at, at like, making these jersey reveal rollout videos and, like, you know, flying, you know, their mascot into the stadium to release built Bar videos. Like, they're really good at the hype train, but what that does and an adverse effect of it is 
there are expectations that come with it because you're so damn good about t talking about your team and hyping your team. So when you have, uh, a, you know, just a letdown, get your ass kicked kind of game like the Oregon game was, it doesn't really feel like you're having a good season when you follow that type of game up with what you did against Wyoming and Utah State, which was, which was struggle early in the game and, like, have to kind of reel that thing back in. And, like, it just feels like the team's not clicking on all cylinders. And so to me, yeah, you're having a good year. You're 4-1. and one. The record says you're having a good year, but for those of us that cover the program and for those of you who follow the program closely, you know that it's it's fleeting. You know that it could easily be a three and you know two season. I I, I yeah, but it's not. You're four and one, and so I I look at BYU and I think you're having a good season. Don't forget uh, Harris Lachance uh, joins the show at eight thirty, presented by uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. And we'll ask Harris that. I mean. Is the, has this been a good season to date? Because I think it has been. Yeah. I mean, the 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 route to four and one hasn't always been pretty, but you're four and one. Yeah. Um. I mean, you're certainly going to a bowl game, and you have the two biggest games of your year right in front of you, and one being Notre Dame Saturday in Las Vegas. The number is you know the number had been as high as five in Notre Dame's favor. You're at three three and a half right now, depending on where you get it. I think BYU's in great shape. I wouldn't say the same thing about Tom and Giselle. Tommy. Okay, so this is the question I have to ask. Do you care that Tom Brady and Giselle's bunched in are getting divorced? I do. I think it's a – I care about this a hell of a lot more than I care about, like, the royal family. Yeah. I, I care about this because it's sports, it's money, it's life, it's chicks. Well, Tom it's Brady a, is it, royal family. It's a super States. hot chick. Yeah. Like, do people care about Tom and Giselle? I do. And, like – if there's American royalty, it ain't the Kennedys. It's Tom and Giselle's bunch. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, I feel like this is American royalty. Yes. But yet so many people seem all upset about, you know, the fact that we're talking about Tom and Giselle and that, you know, they're they're potentially getting divorced. And I don't know. And if you don't know the latest, they both apparently allegedly, allegedly. hired divorce attorneys. All right. And you know the question I have is why is this why is this why is this happening? Like is this just two people and is this just people that are so wildly successful that they can't they just can't get on the same page? Apparently, I mean I I, I it's I agree with people in the concept that this can't just be about football. This has to be about you know Tom and I guess this is kind of about football in that sense, but like it has to be about either Tom's not home enough or they're living, you know, living in Florida or whatever. It's a, it has to be about circumstances. That's the only thing that I can think. Unless Tom Brady and Giselle just have fallen out of love and are not happy together anymore and, and it's just that simple, I guess I get it. But when you're, I mean, they got to be worth. You know, multiple I mean, billions on. of dollars, dude. Like, you, you, money just is not of consequence to these people. And I think that that when you get to that level, it becomes about happiness and like living the ideal bro, life. Bro, money is always an issue. Money is always significant to people. I don't care what anybody says, and I've heard this repeatedly. Right, money is always important to people. There is. In my mind, there is there is just no doubt about that. They are 
you're always you always care about money. Yeah. I just will never I will never believe that people even I don't care how much money you have. People care. Yeah. You you you're looking at your bottom line. Um let's see. Uh where's Caleb? Uh Tom changed his bio from family and football to football. No. Let me look. Here's an image of his bio. Uh family and football. Family I mean, and football. I'll, I'll double check. But, but, but no, I'm looking at it right here. This is this is Tom Brady's Twitter uh, account. Oh, okay. Verified. Look at the picture. Look at the banner picture right there at the top. It is Tom, Tommy, Giselle's bunched in and their three kids. He doesn't want to get divorced. This is, I feel like, and I don't know, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about, whatever. This feels like it's from Giselle's side. That's what this feels like to me. Like, and I know that that's crazy, but I care about this, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chat getting weird, Rant says. And Morris says, A, B, and Giselle. Stop it. I know what you're talking about, and I get it. I totally get it. A, B put this picture up of him and Jizzy getting Jizzy with it. There's no way that she's going she's A, not, B, dude. Get the hell out of here. A, B ain't getting that. AB ain't getting that. G- girls like Giselle Bunchton does. Do, they don't hook up with crazy. Not even like. Come on, come on, come on, man, come on, man. You got to know better than that. But yeah, I, I do agree that Chad's getting a little crazy. Uh, Jeff Johnson, or I'm sorry, you said G off. G off, yeah. Uh, so easy to leave nowadays. Divorce is commonplace when a lot of problems in marriage can be worked out through therapy and some communication. I don't disagree. Uh, Caleb says, "AB be wild." He is, dude. Like, absolutely, Eli, you're naked in a pool, showing off your crank. Come yeah. on. Uh, let's see. Brett Robbins says there are all these problems in the world, and the biggest problem for this diva is my husband is playing football and making thirty million. Wah wah wah. Hey, hey man, everybody's got their priorities. Uh, I guarantee she doesn't like that he took himself out of retirement, Chance had said, probably. But he only retired because of her, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Uh, Gage says it's not so much about the money, it's what the money can do for you. Truth. Uh, LOL, Monty just showed the chart. $4.49 million on the uh, on the P12 network at that. Yeah. Hey, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Viewership is up. Uh, football 50, 10 in the hour, every hour. Uh, is presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure you use the promo code pop uh, at PapaMurphy's.com uh, or in the app. Download the Papa Murphy's app, please. It's so easy. I'm telling you, if you download the Papa Murphy's app, it's the easiest way to order. At the end, when you're checking out, use promo code MONTY25 to save 25% off your order of $25 or more. And again, I will just tell you, it is a sin against Giselle's Bunchton that you use red <laughs> sauce <laughs> on pizza. It's barbecue sauce, crust, barbecue sauce, cheese mix. Then you put like, and by the way, we are also in non-sports stories today. We got to talk about the fact we're going vegetarian. Yeah. Man, that sucks so bad. We've got. Whoever we, came up with that shit need we, to be fired. We meal prepped some ground turkey, 93.7. So as soon as that's gone. Well, here's what happened. Mrs. Monty got the Roto-Rooter done and she's like, well. No, that's not. No, no, you're wrong about this. I, this is me doing this. This is not Mrs. Monty. This is me doing this. Well, that's this. how it went down last night. This is me doing this. I, I freely admit this, that yes, Mrs. Monty got the rooter done. Right. And you know what the worst part of it was? Not the prep. Not the procedure. 
It's the pictures they give you afterwards and the doctor visit that you get when he's when he's done. And it, listening to that doctor talk about how things work in your intestines scared the hell out of me again. And so I'm in this place where, hey man, I'm telling you now, drink your water. Because you know what he talked about? He talked about the fact that when you're dehydrated and you don't drink water and if you have constipation issues, you're destroying your, your intestines. And it's like, dude, you got to have high fiber and you've got to have water. You got to be, yeah. So yeah. we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But my point is, yeah. My point is, once the 937 turkey's gone, we made Caleb Harrison, speaking of which, I went to Cafe Rio last night. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other day on National Taco, Taco Day, mainly because I'm a sadist. Right. Um, we went to, um, we went to, Go get lunch. And we were like, hey, yes, I'm in on the Jordan yeah, Force today. What, what are we doing here? Are now? we doing the Jordan I, I Force today? Are we doing the Jordan Force? Okay, I, we're, we keep bouncing around, and I apologize. I we apologize. are, but there's a major drop in the in the Nike app. Apparently, there's some major drop in the, in the, it's the Nike app or the sneakers app? It is the, I believe it's the Nike app. Um, there it is, the Jordan 4. Um, I'm doing it. Um, but we went to get lunch the other day, Caleb, and we were going to do tacos at Del Taco. Or not Del Taco, Cafe Rio. And I was like, nah, why don't we just go home? And we'll make street tacos. We have this 93.7 turkey we need to eat and not waste it. We made the most bomb tacos ever. By the way, life hack, mango salsa. I'm telling bomb. you now, bro. mango salsa is, it's orgasmic. I It is a party on your palate, dude. Like it is. A party on your palate. It is amazing. I am telling you right now, mango salsa is a life hack. Why do you do this shoe stuff to me? Why, like, why do you do this? You're a stud. Yes, Caleb. Flames everywhere. They released an all-black Jordan 1 mid that I just had to get. Oh, where is it? What? What do you mean? They? Where is that at? It's in the Nike app. All-black Jordan 1 mid. Here, I'll even do you a favor. I'll even do this to include the people on the show. Where is the all-black Jordan 1 mid? In New Arrivals. Yeah. Oh, in, this one right here? Yes. Yes. I have the low of that. Yes. I have the low of that. You know the one that's coming that I want um, is there's a, a black uh, a black with a red swoosh mm-hmm. uh, Jordan one low that's coming out on the 11th. I got to have it. Anyway, I got to have yeah. it. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Alex Chacon says yuck. Ken Williams says hi all. Uh, hey y'all. Sir Brandon, Senior Brandon, SR Brandon says uh, hit the like button. Yeah, if you guys don't mind, give us a like and a follow. We're really trying to, and I admit I've been slacking on this on this verbiage on the, on the nomenclature. Program. We're really trying to get to ten thousand subscribers by the end of the year. Um, we have a huge announcement on the show tomorrow. Twenty four hours from now, we're making a huge announcement on the show. Yeah. Bro, are you okay? Didn't get it, dude. Are you okay? No, I didn't. I'm not going to do something stupid and get hurt. I am right now because I didn't get my, I didn't get the Jordan. Makes me want to puke. Lost another draw, folks. Just life in the sneakers app. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's upset right now. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, huge announcement 24 hours from now. Promise you it has nothing to do with intestinal and, and, you know, fortitude and. No, it's a show announcement. It's a show announcement. Huge announcement on the show tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the day has come. Yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna kind of enlighten you guys as to what we're doing. Uh, we'll talk about the process. We'll it's talk the about fucking vernal equinox. It's gonna be amazing tomorrow. 
Uh, but if you guys could hit the like button, please. Uh, you know, we've, we, we're pushing about 1,000 views on the show today already, and we've only got 29 likes. So if you guys could uh, help us out, that would be great. 24, really, guys? Give a give a like. I like every day. I appreciate that. Appreciate that, Ken. Uh, what hour of the show is it, Rhett Williams says? Well, Rhett, welcome to reality uh, in that it is 8 o'clock. This is hour number three, uh, two, this two and a half. This hour number two. Yeah, hour number two-ish. Uh, this will be two. our number two. Yes. Yeah. Tomorrow at this time will be great. Jansen says, I punched a hole in the wall because I took an L when they dropped the green off white air forces. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make you feel responsible. Nike hates me. I, I you know, I, I oh, <laughs> look at the bots trying to look get back in. Look at the bots. Man, I ain't no sucker. You ain't going to, you're not getting in here, man. We, we're not doing these bots. Yeah. We are not doing these hey, bots. Hey, you clap having Jezebel. Yeah, you take your porn chat somewhere else, <laughs> jerks. Uh, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brett Williams says, uh, sounds awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, I think I know what the announcement is. Let's, well, let's see some guesses. Eric and Raleigh is convinced we bought a hockey team. Well, we didn't buy a hockey team, bro. We, do you watch? We, we, do you we, watch got that, we ain't got that kind of bread. Bro. I mean, Mrs. Monty does. I mean, they pulled a hockey team out of her butt yesterday. Okay. But, Whoa. Whoa. Dude, that colonoscopy changed my life yesterday. Why? What was it, the? I mean, what is? We'll the... talk about it in an hour, and we'll we'll do it at nine o'clock, and we'll talk about it. But it changed my life. It really impacted me. Sitting there watching it. Okay, impact is probably the wrong word. Uh, you know, uh, I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. You no, know, it penetrated. Well, no, it penetrated. See, see, that's also the wrong. You it know. had a significant impact on me. You know, it, it, it is what it is. Uh, Jansen says, if we guess correctly, will you say it if it's right? Sure, yeah, keep guessing. Uh, we'll let you know how you do there. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, definitely. No. Yeah, just keep guessing. Yes, you know, yes. You know, uh, I mean, just, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Do, do what you think you need to do. Uh, and <laughs> Oh, what do you know? I didn't get the Jordan 4. Because you know what I need to do, which is go to theadvocates.com. If you've been in a wreck, if you've been hit on your motorcycle scooter, you tripped and fell, were you injured at work, don't trust the insurance companies, man. You need the experts and you need them to be dogged fighters on your behalf. That's why you go to the advocates, utahadvocates.com. They're going to fight for you because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. You didn't deserve to get hurt. You deserve to live your best life every single day. And that's what the advocates allow you to do. Don't worry about medical bills because they're going to defer you. Did that guy driving his car distracted while looking at his phone um, hit you and totaled your car out? Don't take what the insurance company says. Let the advocates fight on your behalf with the insurance company. You worry about getting your new car, getting healthy, getting back to work, getting your family back. Build your life while the advocates fight for you. Go to utahadvocates.com right now. You can chat with them for free. There's no uh, consultation fees. There's no big retainers. No, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Find them at utahadvocates.com. And again, I, I just say, um, I'm telling you now, that when you look at Matt Driggs and the guys at the Advocates, I've known Matt yes. Driggs for over 10 years. They're local. They understand the laws in Utah. They operate in many different states. If you're watching this from a different state, get to utahadvocates.com uh, because they have um, they have the absolute ability to represent you. And if not, I'm sure they can refer you. You have nothing to lose by going to utahadvocates.com because they absolutely are the best injury attorneys in the business. Good Lord, you guys are blowing up my phone. Yeah, Nike is going in right now. Sorry to distract you. Nike is, Nike go is the, going yeah, that, absolutely that in, dude. Um, like it's, there are some days, so what's really interesting in the shoe world is that 
some days Nike will just drop like probably 20 super hot shoes. And if you're, if you know, if you pay attention, you have notifications on, you'll get them. But it's just crazy. Like uh, th today's a Wednesday. I don't know. In October, bro. I don't. I, I mean, I really like this. I really like this. This the four today. I'm not a huge four guy, but I like the colorway. Um, I I don't know. You know, like this six, the the red Oreo the red one. Six, you, the red six. I I, I picked that up. You you, you, got, yeah. you did. Yeah, you gotta have that one. Yeah. You picked up the red six. Um, there you go, Mr. Monty. I don't Oh, hi. Sorry. Thanks. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Really Welcome to the show. I really love that, that uh, camel dunk, like the look of it. No, dunks. I Where are we at on dunks? I can't. I don't. They're not comfortable. Yeah, that's but my the problem. Look of that, they, uh, if that look was on a one, damn, Yeah, a camel one would be fire, dude. Yeah. But no, it's not. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll I'm wearing see. my new... Teddy Wayman wants to know if he can guess what we're announcing tomorrow. Yes, guess. No, dude. Teddy. Yes. No, Teddy knows the answer. Dumbass. Well, oh, no. Stop it. No, Teddy. It, Teddy. <laughs> no, uh, Mike Maple says another game trip. No, but those are coming. Those are. We have a couple. We're planning a couple actually. Though. Brett Robbins says you guys are getting colored. Got colored shirts. No, all black shirts. <laughs> Brett, you are a jerk. That is you such a, a great response. Brett Williams <laughs> says uh, you guys are joining a network. Mm, no, not exactly. No. No, not exactly. No. Ken Williams says, no thanks, exit only. Okay, well, you know. Uh, Ken, that's all on you, bud. How, how you choose to live your life behind closed doors. What are those? In the Nike app? Yeah. You didn't see those ones? What? Which one? You, you can't just show me a <laughs> she's shoe. Like, she's like, she, I mean, hey, she's bro, the, the, over the, here. Hey, bro. Hey, <laughs> hey man. It's the, the One Low Craft. The One Low Craft. Where's the One Low Craft? What? For crying out this loud. This is ridiculous right now. I, I mean, seriously, we're, we're sitting here... Trying to do a show, and and what what does Nike do to us? Nike does not respect me as a, a professional broadcaster. Uh, anyway, 8 o'clock tomorrow, we'll make a major announcement on the show. Coming up here in uh, about 20 minutes, here's the chance. Uh, we'll join the show. We'll talk BYU and Notre Dame. Uh, but a lot of people are are in on Scoot versus Vic. Um, Brett Burnett says, Scoot and Vic was the real game or show between two hot prospects. I, I'm all in on Scoot. Um, Scoot's my guy. I, I would love to see the Jazz end up with Scoot, even though he's Donnie Light as a rookie, and I think he projects to be a better player than Donovan. Um, I still maintain that that listen, you don't um, you know, you don't have to yes, I got the red sixes. There we go. You don't have to, in my opinion, you don't have to press and force to to have one of the the top five picks in this draft. Um I think Danny's a much better drafter than Dennis Lindsay was. Thankfully, which yeah. isn't saying much, but I don't I don't believe that this team is necessarily tanking for VW and Scoot. I mm -hmm. don't. I don't think that's the the situation. Now, will they win three games? Probably. Um, will that get them to number one pick? Probably not. <laughs> you know. Uh Rhett Williams says radio station would be wild. I can never see myself going back to a radio station. Nope. Uh, we have if we're doing hundred and fifty thousand unique listeners a month on this show. That's more than that's any radio just in station. That's the state of Utah. That's more than any radio station. CKS says, wait, Jake scheduled a colonoscopy? No, because no. he never goes to the doctor. No. Never, Come ever. On. All gas, um, no break. Tom says the lottery really helps with the tanking on purpose part. Well, it does. I don't know. You're you're more of a, a scoot guy as well. From yeah, I'm a scoot guy for sure. Uh, I have issues with Wambanyama's long-term you know, viability from a health standpoint. I, I think the lottery thing... 
is very straightforward. When you look at numbers, like it's not even my opinion. Like just look at the percentages that you're going to get the number one overall pick through losing games. If the strategy is, hey, we want to lose a lot of games to try to get that that you know number one overall ping pong ball on lottery night. Yeah. That to me doesn't make a lot of sense when you have the war chest of picks that Danny has to work with. Why would you not just don't focus on losing games, focus on the talent and developing talent. Let David Fisdale, who everyone seems to forget about is in this organization, let David do his thing. Let him develop these guys and then hey, when draft night comes around or or really once you know who has the number 1 overall pick, call them and see what it is. Like, I mean, if let's just say, I mean, I don't even know who that's going to be this year. Let's say Oklahoma City, just as an example. But like, if it's Oklahoma City, call them. Hey, we've got all these picks. Let's work something out. Make a deal. Because then you're not playing lottery percentages. You're playing guarantees. But again, I just keep telling people, being in the lottery is not something you should be excited about or celebrating. Being in the lottery, it makes you Oklahoma City. It makes you the Sacramento Kings. Correct. There's so little upside to those number one overall picks. I mean, how many number one overall picks in the last 10 years have really panned out to be that guy? Yeah, they haven't. And that's my point. Like, you look at Zion. He hasn't panned out. You look at, I can't remember who was taking, oh, DeAndre Ayton was number one overall in his draft. Like, he's, I mean, he's a max player now, but he hasn't exactly lived up to the number one overall hype, you know? And so I look at that same draft, and you've got several other guys who, contributed are and are contributing to much higher levels so i just i don't know man i i I don't like the the this i don't love having the you know hey the jazz suck in the draft so they shouldn't draft anybody conversation and i don't like that logic either because you have a new front office here essentially and a new guy in danny ainge that's really you know driving the ship here at the same time though trying to play for the lottery is not a smart tactic you have the resources to guarantee yourself a pick. Why would you not do that? Here are the last 10 picks, uh, number one overall. Anthony Davis. Mm, even Anthony Davis, I can't quite say, has lived up to it. Anthony Bennett, bust. Andrew Wiggins. No. Not as not a number one overall it. pick. No. Carl Anthony Towns. I no. would say Carl Anthony Not Towns. as a number one overall pick. Well, okay, so what does it take to live up to a number one overall you pick? you got to win a championship. You've got to be the reason that your team wins a championship. Like, I, I mean, if you go back just to 2000 even, right? You go back to 2000. Kenyon Martin, no. Kwame Brown, bust. Xiao Ming, no. LeBron James, absolute home run. Dwight Howard, home run. But they didn't win a championship. Correct. Um, Andrew Bogut, bust. Andre Bargnani, bust. Greg Oden, bust. Derek Rose, bust. Look at Blake all these Griffin, big guys. Bust. Blake Griffin, bust. John Wall, bust. Kyrie Irving, with the Cavs. They won a championship. Was it LeBron? Was it Kyrie? I don't know. They won a championship. Kyrie hit the shot. He's not a he's not a bust as a number one overall pick. Uh Anthony Davis. Eh. Anthony Bennett, bust. Andrew Wiggins. Well, but Anthony Davis has won a championship. He just didn't do it for the team that drafted him. I mean, he did hit that shot in the bubble to win the championship. Yeah, but I think for New Orleans, I, I don't know. He's a bust for New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. Andrew Wiggins, traded by LeBron, right? Um, and then traded by Minnesota. Not a great number one overall pick. Carl Anthony Towns. The problem is if he wins a championship now, is it Anthony Edwards or is it Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, great question. And I still don't see him winning a championship, even though they're going to pay him and, and Rudy $100 million. Yeah. Bust in my mind. But ben notice Simmons. all these big guys. Ben Simmons, bust. Markel Folks, bust. DeAndre Ayton. 
He hasn't won a championship, but he is on his team, and he is a max player. Zion Williamson. Mains to be seen, but I think you got to go bust right now. Anthony Edwards. TBD. Yeah. Cade Cunningham. TBD. Paulo Bancaro. TBD. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's very few number one picks that work out. But, but Joe Smith. as far as VW, listen to all these big guys, yeah. man. Like, there are a lot of big guys that get drafted number one overall and don't work out. Andrew Bogut, Dwight Howard, Greg Oden. The, the number of injuries in those big guys is, is massive. It's huge. Yeah. You know, like, I, I can't see. I cannot see. The, the percentages just are not with you. And look you. at the comments. Zion bust. Like, everyone agrees that Zion was a bust. Eight and a bust. Zion a bust. Zion a bust. Uh, let's see. Uh, Josh says, only 22 number one overalls have won a championship in the NBA. It, it's, yeah, man. It's impossible. It's impossible. I, I mean, you just, you're taking a chance. Like, if you look at what you're looking at with, with Victor Wambanyama, I mean, what the chances of success are are so few and far between. Yeah. Like, you want a sure thing. That's why you go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Obviously. Because you want a sure thing. Um, you look at day trading. Day trading's absolutely a home run of a side hustle because it can scale into your full-time gig. I'm telling you guys, if you haven't been there, you're missing out. Monty Show listeners on a daily basis are going to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Um, they are seeing the benefits because it... And the benefit is it costs you nothing to figure out if it's a good side hustle or not. Yeah. Because it's a free webinar. You watch that webinar and then you make a decision. The thing about day trading is you are going to do what you want to do. You're going to be working for yourself. You don't work for tri-day trading. They simply teach you, coach you, mentor you, and then give you money to make your first trades. That's how the program at Tri-Day Trading works. And again, don't take my word for it. Go watch the webinar. It's stocked. Their website has... All of their former students on it talking about, hey, here's where I started. Here's where I am. I'm not working for the nine to five anymore. And I cannot tell you how many people I have talked to since TridayTrading.com came on board who have said, I've been looking for a way out of my nine to five. Is this real? Absolutely, it's real. Ryan and the guys at Triday Trading, Lehigh, local company, great entrepreneurs, They've been at this for well over a decade now. They're not some fly-by-night scammers. They are real. They are building generational wealth for their participants at trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And again, the webinar's free. It's no obligation. Register today. Yes. And let me know what you think about it. I, I love getting the feedback. Hey, I went to Triday Trading. Watch the webinar. Here's what I thought. Let me know that because... Trust me, it, I, I think you're going to see that it's going to blow you away. Just the information you get from TridayTrading.com uh, in the free webinar is awesome. So yes. check it out, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Let them know you heard about it on the Monty Show. Harris Lachance in 10 minutes. Um, BYU and uh, Notre Dame facing off uh, in Las Vegas this weekend. I think this is going to be an absolute brawl. In my opinion, this game is, it's so important for BYU. I, I, I cannot tell you um, how important this game is. And I say it's important because it's national TV. It's going to be a huge audience. It's Notre Dame. It is that chance to set your wrongs right. And there's this perception that BYU's having a bad season. They're not having a bad season. And I thought it was interesting yesterday, Max Tooley talked about 
fan perception versus actual reality. Uh-huh. I think that is a real thing. Right. I think fans have these these undefeated national championship every year expectations that are just not realistic. I think they have come out to slow starts. I agree that's a problem. Have they played consistently well on defense? They have not, and I would agree. That's a problem. Right. The running game has been a problem. I think the running game is one of those things where you look at expectation versus reality. Were you ever going to replace Tyler Algier in the backfield? No. The issue is you're trying to do that as a fan. And I just don't think you should be trying to do that. Putting the expectations you had of Tyler Algier and his performance on Chris Brooks is not realistic. That's not smart. It's not It's not what I would tell you to do. Yeah. I would tell you, in fact, avoid that. Take a guy like a Christopher Brooks at face value and understand he's learning and assimilating himself into their run game, right? Like to me, I think that's one of the bigger problems is the expectation of, of BYU fans versus reality. Yeah, and I think that you know what fans get frustrated with is seeing the same mistake over and over again, which seemingly is the slow starts, missed tackles, and not being able to run the football. Those are the three things that I think that 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 really have become a a trend or a theme where where it's like all right we get out to the slow start because we can't run the football on offense and because we can't run the football we can't convert you know a couple of first downs here on the first offensive drive which then makes our our defense be out there for way too many plays which <clears throat> which leads to some missed tackles and some assignment mistakes and not playing our best football on defense and we're back to the top in the vicious cycle and that's why I think BYU fans are like, hey, are we really even having a good year? Like, yeah, we barely beat Wyoming or we barely beat Utah State or whatever. Like, you know, I, I think that's what leads to the negative feeling around it. And I think if it, 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 the problem with the slow start thing is there's no easy solution. There's no, like, yeah, this is how you get off to a fast start in a game. There's not. Like, you can have a solution for hey, this is how we run the ball more effectively. Well, you know, it's a little bit on the offensive line to create better gaps for these backs, but a lot of it is the backs hitting the hole with with a, with a, 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 a mission, a sense of, of drive, a sense of force, like really getting after it, and that should lead to five to seven yards of carry instead of two or three. Like, you see how with running the football, there's an answer. Yes. With getting out to a fast start, I don't feel like there's a real X's and O's answer outside of trying to get Jaron in a rhythm. That's the only thing I could think of. I think you're four and one. Um, I think obviously you wanted to beat Oregon and I think there's a little bit of a hangover there, but I don't, I, I will say the same thing. I always say everything you wanted to accomplish is right in front of you. You have lost nothing. Everything is possible. Big bowl games, big wins, Notre Dame and Arkansas, like yeah. it's all right here in front of you. And if I'd have told you going to Las Vegas to play Notre Dame that you'd be 4-1, and one, you'd probably take that. Yeah. So I think this has been a successful season for BYU. And I just think we have to be – I think we have to be careful to manage expectations properly because it's very easy to, to get over your skis. Now, having said that, they've got to clean some things up. I don't think there's any doubt about um, that the offensive line has not met its maximum potential yet. The false starts, um, you know, the holding penalties, the the – you know, finishing your block, there's something to be said for that. Yep. Um, and that's something I want to ask Harris about because Harris has been pretty honest with us about the performance on the offensive line. Um, and I think we saw 
you know, when they were rotating offensive linemen, I don't think they were nearly as effective. And I think when you have Harris at guard and you have Suamataia tackle on the right, yeah. I mean, that's an awfully formidable right side. Dominant. Uh, with Freeland and Barrington and, you know, Pay. Like, I mean, you have a really good group of five guys, and they've been able to consistently be on the field together. So I think that is significant, and I think that matters. It's going to be interesting to see how how BYU and Notre Dame match up because I, I can tell you, I watch a ton of Notre Dame football. Notre Dame's very fast. Notre Dame's always got size up front. I mean, they, there is a pipeline of offensive linemen uh, from Pennsylvania and Ohio to South Bend, Indiana. Uh, they always have size up front bo on both lines. So it's going to be interesting to see. But the one thing that's very clear is if BYU is going to win this game, they're going to have to stop the run. Yeah. Um, yes, they need to run the football, but if BYU is going to win this game, they're going to have to stop the run. Because trust me when I say, even if you go back and watch that North Carolina game, the way that, that Notre Dame was able to manip manipulate the Tar Heels was they were running the ball. And that opened up passing lanes down the field. That opened up route combinations that you don't get if you're not effectively running the football offensively. So BYU has got to limit Notre Dame's ability to run the football. And I think really that's going to be the key to the game. Yeah, and I think, you know, like yesterday, Max Tooley talking about leaving tackles out there. You can't do that when you're trying to stop the run. You can't you can't have, like as Kalani always says, you got to play assignment sound football. Like you have to do those little things to stop the run and ultimately get off the field. And I and, and it's and it's hard because it's it, it's kind of been a theme in the state of Utah for football. Like, Utah struggled with this in week one, but seemingly all those issues have gone away. Now it's BYU's turn to struggle with tackling and, and, yeah. and making their tackles in the backfield when they have a guy, and now it's time for those to go away. So I, I, I have to think that the linebackers specifically will play more discipline, but again, they got to prove that. Everything that you want in this season is right in front of you. And I, I think perspective, and there's a reason that you call fans fans. I mean, you, you're, you, you're absolutely observers and you don't get that inside look every single day and the thing that you understand about football is the the littlest detail is the difference between winning and losing it's not big plays it's not you know it is controlling your emotions and being able to focus on your job and I think when you look at what wins and loses line play defense and offense it's simply you have five guys on an offensive line and each one of them has a job they have to do that job together, and they each have to do it well. And that's awfully difficult to pull off. And I think I think defensively, it's a lot more complex than that because you have to have linebackers that are in the right gap at the right time um, you know, to, to support the scheme that you're playing on that defensive line. So there's a lot more complexity to it. But one of the things I think that is so important, and I think one of the reasons you've seen frustration from Kalani Sataki is that the detail has not been there on game day. The execution of the detail has not been there on game right, day. Right. And it is as simple as, hey, turn a guy, but don't let him off the block, right? Because a defensive lineman's only job is to get off the block. That is that is their job. Get out of the wash, get in the backfield, disrupt the back, you know, make the quarterback move, whatever that might be. That is that is the entirety of what a defensive lineman's job is. Yeah. So when you look at those details and you look at the way that you have five guys up front who are trying to play as a unit, it's not as simple as let me get my hands on this guy and make sure I turn him right to create a lane here. Like you have a job, but all five guys have to do that job. And when they don't, that creates issues on the offensive line. So as fans, you're not going to see that. You're not going to watch a football game in that light, but you really should. Because again, I'm going to tell you, they're four and one. 
Everything that no that that BYU wants to accomplish is directly in front of them in Las Vegas against Notre Dame. Um, and there is hey, speaking of which, there is Harris Lachance. Uh, he joins us. What's up, Harris Lachance? Good to see you, my man. We were just talking about details and perception versus realities and all of that good stuff. Have you guys had a good season to this point? Uh, I, I mean, on paper it looks pretty good, but. Um... What we've been talking about within our team room is that we haven't played uh, nearly to our best at all. So, and what is that? Is that details? Is that, because the other thing that we were talking about was the little details of thing. Max Tooley was on the show yesterday morning talking about details, talking about doing jobs that, you know, linebackers got to tackle. We haven't tackled. So when you, as an offensive lineman, I think you and I have talked about this on the show in the past, like this, this thing about doing your job and and each guy doing your job, has that not reaching your potential? Is that about details? Is that as simple as doing your job? Yeah, definitely. I think it's, yeah, definitely about details. It's about uh, the small and simple things. It's about, um, like you said, like all, like we talked about before, uh, all five guys, you know, um, getting on their blocks and staying on them, you know, driving them, driving them through the whistle every every play. Um, those little things go a long way, and the running back hitting the right uh, the right track perfectly, you know, and setting up the defense to cut back. There's a lot of things that go into it, and it's like when we find that good rhythm, um, you know, nobody can stop us. But it's all about finding that rhythm, and it takes a while. It's it's harder than you think, you know, when you're yeah. working at it, trying at it, so. You know, I think we all think football's easy. Hey, you know, th- hey, just grab your guy and make a play. But, I mean, the, the preparation level, when you're playing programs like the Baylors, the Oregons, Wyoming's, Utah State, into Notre Dame and Arkansas, like, there is no off week for you, guys. Especially, your bye is very late in the season this year. I mean, how do you how do you stay physically ready, and how do you combine that with being mentally ready to play play big games week after week after week? <clears throat> um, you know, it, it helps a lot with our strength staff. They keep us ready. And, um, we have a lot of analysts here and guys that are kind of looking about seeing how our schedule is, you know, we played two games in five days when we played Wyoming and Utah state, but, um, then we had a long weekend to, uh, kind of chill out and, and get our feedback under us. And, um, you know, they help us, help us get right and, uh, get our bodies right. And I think, Mentally, you have to just stay consistent, um, keep trying to, you know, get better every day, but also uh, understand that you can, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint, I guess I would say. And especially with these tough schedules, you have to, uh, you have to understand that. How are you sleeping, by the way? I mean, you've got the new little one. Um, I mean, you and Mrs. Lachance are, are battling through that and adjusting and you're dealing with all this, you know, the baby stuff, the relationship stuff that the baby <clears throat> stuff brings into the relationship. Like, how is that impacting your life? How are you, how are you feeling? How are you doing mentally? Oh, it's great. I think it's, it's, uh, it can be a hassle sometimes, but for the most part, Harvey's sleeping well. Uh, my wife is amazing. She does mostly everything and, and I just come home and, uh, you know, we watch our TV shows at night, so it's it's great and um, it's fun, man. I, Harvey's growing up a little bit; he's crawling all over the place, so it's fun to when I come home, I just play with my son, and it takes a lot of pressure off. Honestly, I, it's fun. There's nothing better than family, man. 
So wait, before we get get back to football, you watch your TV shows at night. What are the TV shows in the Lachance household at night? Wait, wait, let me guess. It's it's BYU Studio C like the whole night. Is that right? <laughs> no, not at all. No. Uh, uh, let's see. I mean, Monday nights, I'm always watching the, the game. Uh, my wife likes that. Actually, you know, she grew up in a house with boys watching football, so she she likes watching football with me. Um, she also, but sometimes we have to watch, uh, she loves the show, uh, Desperate Housewives. And I can't believe I'm saying this on air, but, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll watch that sometimes with her just to chill. I don't know. We'll watch all sorts of stuff. We tried this move, this, uh, TV show called C Mm -hmm. last night and we did not like it, bro. I'm, I gotta be honest with you. Everybody's blind. There's like this community that's everybody's blind and yep. I don't know. I, maybe you've seen it. Maybe you like it. I was just like, I couldn't really grasp it, man. I was like, this is tough. We're going to turn this off. So Now, we never even turned it on. We looked at it. We're <laughs> yes. like, nah, that seems a little, nah, I'm good. Yeah, and it, the like funny thing days. is, isn't it funny? As a married guy, you get this. You you compromise on, my show was Doubt Nabby. Like, my wife, she wanted to watch the royal thing. Like, you'll compromise to watch that show to make sure that you get the Monday Night Football gig, right? Like, there's a give and take on the TV. Exactly, exactly, Monty, yes. Yeah, and by the way, happy wife, happy life. I'm sure you know that at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, man. All right, let's talk uh, Let's talk Notre Dame, uh, your preparation for Notre Dame. So let's talk about the offensive line. So now you're five games into it. How, have, how would you say that you guys have grown and evolved? I, I think you know, one of the things that I saw, and I, I, I'm curious your opinion on this and what you guys saw on tape, you guys rotated on that right side for whatever reason that might be. Your offensive line dynamic is completely different when it's you at guard and, and Kingsley, Suamataia at tackle. Like, it feels like that is the five guys across your front line. Like, how, do you, how does that rotation, and then how have you guys seen yourself as a unit mature as the season's gone on? Um, yeah, I feel like... Um, we have matured a little bit. I feel like we're still trying to get that right. We have a lot of, like Coach said in the beginning, we do have um, a lot of guys that can play. And I think that, you know, game to game, we've been trying to figure that out and see who the best uh, five are going to work in there. And uh, But we want to make sure, Coach wants to make sure that everybody um, gets in there and, and, and uh, kind of like – if it rolls good with them, then that's what we're going to do. And uh, that's what we're kind of still trying to figure out. And we are maturing. We're getting better, um, you know, tightening up our, our our backside blocks and all sorts of things like that. But at the same time, yeah, like we have to keep working hard and keep kind of figuring out things. Is there any guilt in your mind about the souls you've snatched on the goal line? Um, <laughs> because we saw you bowling with humans a couple of weeks ago. Uh, with the two for one. And then we see you, dude, I watch you. You are hunting on those throwbacks. You are hunting. (laughs) I would imagine that that is some tape that you enjoy watching afterward. (laughs) Oh man. It's fun. I mean, I watch it. I mean, it's funny. I mean, in the old line room, you know, we don't get very much praise. You know, if we have a good play, we don't really watch over those ones as much. So, uh, but I, I love watching them and I love playing that. That's that's my favorite part, man. It's going out to you put a hit on somebody. So Oh yeah. Hat to hat. There's nothing better than that. What is the what is the Notre Dame defensive line look like to you guys? You know, what are you looking for them to to try and do to you guys uh defensively? 
Yeah, probably. Uh, I'm thinking we'll see a lot of um, twists up front, especially in the run game. That's uh, hurt us a little bit, so we've been practicing against that. Um, these guys are really good, really great team, you know, really great defense, great athletes, um, which we've gone against before, and we know how to, you know, play against guys like that. And But uh, at the same time, it's going to be a good battle, man, and we've got we've to bring our A game and, and be ready, so. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, it's interesting you talk about, you know, seeing twists and stunts on the run game. I, I, I think one of the interesting things, though, is for you guys in the room, how much of an adjustment is there back-to-back? Because you guys are not seeing – this is not like it was last year with a consistent one guy back there, so you kind of get a feel, I feel like. It, is it more challenging when you are rotating through different backs in your backfield? Um, I mean, I don't – I mean, we don't really know at the time, but after film you can kind of tell a little bit. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we do our job, right? That's what you got to focus on is – and I do my own personal job at right guard. You know, we, everybody yep. just got to do their own personal job and it'll all work out and, and they'll do theirs and we'll run the ball for, you know, whatever. But And I got to give you a little credit too, man. I mean, moving inside is not the, the, the I mean, probably the easiest thing in the world. But I, to my eyes, you look very comfortable with it. You look assignment sound. You look like you know exactly, you know, where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do on each play. Ha, has it been a good move for you from tackle to guard? Yeah, it's, I'd say for the most part it has. I mean, it is it is a little bit different in the run game, the angles and things, and I've been uh, tightening that up. But uh, for the most part, it's it's been pretty good. I know this offense very well, and so I know exactly uh, where to go, and that's that's really helped me. And um, But, yeah, I'd say it's it's fun, man. I mean, like I said, I mean, I'm, I love it. I mean, playing right guard, playing right tackle, whatever it is, I'll get in there and give it my all, so – Talking to Harris Lachance, thanks to our good friends at CougConnect, CougConnect.com. Real quick, before I let you go, I do want to talk about this neutral site thing because you guys, obviously, this game's in Vegas. Uh, Vegas is Provo South. I think we all know that, that BYU, no matter where you guys are, you travel well. But in Las Vegas in particular, it seems like, you know, BYU um, really travels the fan base well, even though this is a Notre Dame home game. Are there different challenges? Do you guys like playing in Vegas? I mean, that's, that's somewhere where you guys are comfortable, like, what does Las Vegas represent to you guys as a football team? Oh, totally. I mean, we played our home our our opener last year against Arizona um, in that stadium, and that was fun, man. That that stadium is awesome. It's brand new, and we had a blast. And so I'm really excited to go back there. I think it helps too that uh, all of us have played in that stadium before. Um, I think that's so. It's not going to be like any kind of. Yeah, factor there. I mean, it might be a little bit louder because I heard there's a lot more Notre Dame fans. Uh, but I think it's going to be fun, man. I'm I'm really excited, and and Vegas is fun, man. I love Vegas. Yeah, what's not to love? By the way, <laughs> wait, I lied. Not last question. The uniforms turned out pretty darn well for this game. That helmet, <laughs> we debated this, Harris. Like, by the way, it's black, so you know, big sexy offensive linemen always like the black because well, it trims yes. you up a little bit, but. That helmet, man, man, that helmet is fire. I love that thing. How 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 much do you like that uniform? Dude, I think it's awesome, man. I think we're going to look freaking – we're going to look bad. So it's going to be cool. I, I'm really excited. We tried them on this week, and they look cool. So Yeah, black is always good, I think. Well, hey, yeah. good to see you as always, man. I appreciate you. Stay healthy. We'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, Marty. You bet. Good to see you. Harris Lachance right there uh, headed to Las Vegas with BYU. And, and man, I, I got to tell you, I think – 
I think this is going to be a slugfest. And you heard what he said right there. A couple of things that stood out in the Harris LaChance uh, interview. Thanks to our good friends at PapaMurphys.com. Uh, use promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. You know, the thing that really stood out to me that he said there is they clearly recognize that they have not effectively run the football. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not that they are not doing their job man for man. He's talking about twists, which is where you're you're having guy you're having defensive ends, defensive linemen, you know, twists and stunts, or where you have a defensive end that's gonna you know slip behind his tackle and run through the a gap. Like you're looking at different schemes being thrown at BYU. The thing that's encouraging to me is a they've identified that as an issue. Yeah. B they've clearly been working on that. Um, and C I think that that they're athletic enough up front where. They have the ability to adjust to that. That is clearly something we have to watch on Saturday. Yeah, and I think that, you know, running the football, to me, it has always been at the heart of, of what helps them offensively. And again, it's a, it's a core fundamental just in football, generally speaking. If you can run the football, then you're going to be able to pass the football because it brings the linebackers up, like it brings the safeties up, like it just opens up so many doors for you. So... To me, yeah, whether it is the twists or the stunts that the line's got to account for or whatever, like you need to be prepared. And I think that ultimately is what I'll be looking for. If this team comes out and looks like they're lost again, like they did against Wyoming, then I think it's like, okay, well, maybe this is a preparation issue, not just like a stunt and twist thing. But if they come out very prepared and it's like, all right, they're executing, they look great, then it was clearly just, all right, yeah, we, we just didn't prepare the right way for these couple of games, and now we've kind of figured that out. So I just think they're not that far away from playing their best football. Yep. They just got to go and do it now. Yep, and I, I think this is this is going to be huge. It's one of the biggest stories in sports, no doubt about that, brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you find our guys at Quick Quack Car Wash. It's fun. It's fast. They're efficient. Um, and I would tell you, get the, get the membership because it saves you money and you're coming into the winter season, buy those memberships, you're in and out of Quick Quack in a matter of minutes. And the thing that I like about Quick Quack Car Wash, the people are great. I truly enjoy the fact that they're always smiling. They seem to always be happy. It's clearly a good place to work. Support local, support Quick Quack Car Wash. Um, I think one of the other things we'll have to watch, speaking of the backs, how do the backs pick up the blitz and the twists and the stunts? Because it's not just the offensive line that's got to protect Jaron and give him the ability to playmake. The backs have to block as well. And I think Chris Brooks actually has done a very nice job of that. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see what Notre Dame brings in their their front seven package to to get to Jaron Hall. Because the key to beating, you know, clearly beating BYU is taking Jaron off his spot and forcing him uh, to to go places he doesn't want to go. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'll also be interested to see what trickery BYU brings to the offense because it's very clear that that throwback to Jaron is something they like to do. That double throw where you can get your your offensive line because you have athletes in Harris and Suamataia and and Pay Freeland Barrington. You have guys who can get to the second and third level. Yeah. And if we've seen anything out of Harris, he's blowing dudes up at the goal line. I mean, that's clearly a package they like running. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Do you have a, a positive positivity about this game? Like, how are you? Yeah, feeling I mean, about I think it? they're going to be they're they're going to be in this game and they're going to have a chance to win this game. I I I just can't believe that BYU would get boat raced two big games in a row because, like, I I think that's also in the back of every 
guy's mind on that team, in my opinion. And again, I could be wrong. I'm not in the locker room, obviously. But to me, it's like, hey, yeah, we went to Autzen and got lit, you know? So how do we how do we go to Vegas, which is much closer, and really execute? And I think when you hear Harris talk about, we've played in this stadium before. It's not going to be foreign to us. We're going to know the setting and know the environment. We know the field. Like, we know the feel. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what he's getting at is like, hey, we've been here before. And we can beat this team, but we're going to have to be able to run the football. And that comes down to us being prepared. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I think that's a, a very good word. Prepared, preparedness, readiness. Yes. You got to come out flying in this game. Maximus talked about it yesterday. You get Harris talking about it today. Like They know that they have not come out ready to go. Um, really, it started at Oregon, in my opinion. But, I mean, we really saw it on display against Wyoming. I, yeah. thought, that, I thought they were playing in quicksand in that game. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, so I, I think it's one of those deals where you got to come out ready to rock and roll. Let's get some of your comments in here. Um, I love the Harris LeChance interview. We missed him last week. I missed having Harris LeChance yeah, on last the show week, last they week. They played on Thursday, so it was a tough week for Harris, but you, and you understand that. Now he's back this week, and it's good to have him back. Yep. Mike Chase, uh, good morning to you. They need to start fast. If we start slow, it will be extremely hard to dig ourselves out. Absolutely. Brent Burnett says, hopefully BYU avoids turnovers, which I think they've done a really good job. They have. Of. Yeah, they've done I mean, a great job with that. Jaron's really protected the ball well. Uh, Brent says, when I lived in Utah, Bradshaw Auto Parts had one. It was fun and loved it. Had one what? Ken, I missed it. Um, let's see. Use the fullback more. Well, he's got to be healthy. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, obviously that's, that you, they've had some issues with house. No, no doubt about it. Rhett Williams says, Harris, what up, my guy? Good to see you. Momentum always uh, key. Um, <laughs> look at Brent Burnett. Grab a shoe, not a guy. Exactly right. Exactly right. Um, Ken Williams says, you learn in high school that you have uh, a zone. The problem is relaxing and just playing and looking at the tendencies the offense is doing and stick to the game plan. Well, I mean, it's hard in a big game not to be jacked up. And it's it. that's why we talk about like mental focus, mental yes. preparedness. Yes. You have to do your individual job. Mm -hmm. And if you – especially uh, on both defense and offense, on the on the offensive line, you have to be assignment sound. You have to have running backs that complement what the offensive line is doing. Defensively, the the linebackers have to be have to have gap integrity. You have to fill. And if you're not going to do that, you're going to get beat in the run. Yeah. There there is there is no no doubt about that. My Jazz fan says Maximus Maximus. Yes. Yeah, I'm telling you, BYU fans, you got to chant it. You have to do that. There there is no doubt about that. Um. NY Jazz fan says they also need to hit the holes full speed and quit trying to dance back there. Agreed. Drag people behind them Algier style. Yeah. You know, uh, much better interview than uh, the last one. Monty is a good interview. Thanks, Tom. I thought Max was good yesterday. Yeah, I agree. Max Tooley was excellent yeah. yesterday, I thought. Um, Jansen says, my girlfriend makes me watch The Bachelor. I feel for Harris. <laughs> there is some of that give and take. You know, like, <laughs> you want to watch football? Hey, dude. Watched out Nabby first. You know, watch Finding Your Roots on PBS. That show sucks. But I watch it to watch football and basketball. What because let me, tell you what let me tell you something, my man. Mrs. Monty does not enjoy the 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 NBA. She does not. You know. Oh wait, what what's that now? And you know that you enjoy finding your roots. I do like finding my roots. I go and look for them often. 
Um, you know, like, and I plant trees and I look for my roots because it's my tree. That's exactly, I like finding Right, right. Uh-huh. You know. Right. You know you enjoy it. I don't guys think you watch Kick it, we'll flow. You know that that show is very interesting. The Bachelor? It's not no. interesting at all. Finding Your Roots. I love that oh. show. On PBS. Oh, the show Finding Your I thought you meant like, oh, I see what you mean. Babe. All right, let's Babe. move on. Uh, <laughs> I do like that show. It's not a bad show. Yeah, don't Depends lie. on who it is. Depend, like, I, I, I just... Depends on who it is. Right. I Whatever. really let the... Whatever. The, the guy that wears the hat, Farrell, Farrell, the, the, the singer, the okay, guy. Okay, yeah. You know, he was really good on that show, I thought. Okay. He was really good. Okay. Uh, Brett Burnett says, babies are fun. Uh, I had one. Uh, Rut Williams says, let's get Freeland and Harris on the same side. H-Town boys. Yep, there you go. Uh, special teams, Kurt Meyer says, will be a major part of uh, the, this week's game. I agree. I, I don't disagree with that. Just, you know, just like Football 50 is a major part of this show, 10 of the hour, every hour, we bring you the biggest stories in football. Now, Aaron Rodgers is arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. And one of the things that they have struggled with is that, you you know, every time you reach over, you change the setting. And you get... Anyway, Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Do we need Odell Beckham Jr. Need Odell Beckham Jr. on the Green Bay Packers? Because I'm here to tell you, there's a pretty good chance that's going to happen. Odell and I have been friends for a number of years now, and so we keep in, in contact, uh, you know, often. We talked uh, at you know, various times over the years, and obviously with a player like that, you're always uh, hoping that there's a a time where you can figure things out and play together. But um, but he's a special talent, and I was really happy for him last year and see how they used him in L.A. and uh, for him to get a ring, and obviously he was dominating the game uh, to start that game uh, until the injury. First of all, take off that Manchester City shirt, sir, front runner. Second of all, cut your hair. Take that ponytail off. Really third of all, third of all, you have a very punchable face. Yes, he does. Anyway, uh, fourth of all, Odell Beckham Jr. is probably joining the Packers. Um, he's doing this tour, and now we find out that A-Rodge, a- Mr. Ayahuasca, yeah. and Odell Beckham Jr. have had a long-time friendship, and they talk on a regular basis. I don't want to hear that. That would be bad. The good news is the Packers have really crappy young wide receivers right now who tend to drop footballs in the end zone. Yeah. That's very good for the NFL. And the Bears. Don't start. What? Justin Fields is a bust. He's not good. So why would you bring him up? Why would you hurt me like that? I'm just saying it's good if the Packers are bad. Like, I changed your diaper as a kid. Did I ever leave you sitting dirty? Yeah. Did, were you ever riding dirty for days at a time? No. Yeah. So why would you bring up Justin Fields? Right. The point is, Odell Beckham Jr. in a Packer uniform makes a hell of a lot of sense. With him there, that's a Super Bowl contending team. Without him there, they're probably not. That makes a lot of sense. If I'm Odell Beckham Jr., I'm either going back to the L.A. Rams, who need him desperately, or I'm going to the Green Bay Packers, and I'm probably going to the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I think that yeah. it's, it's – he's he's a free agent. He's going to go to a team that he can win. He's not going back to the Giants. I'd be shocked. Like, just go to a team where you can win. And, by the way, is it lost on anybody that he's just taking the time off? Like, don't, don't take your beating until, like, week 10 gets here. Don't take your beating. Yeah. Until week 10 gets here. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't. Uh, I disagree with Jerry Jones on just about everything, including plastic surgery 
and salt, heavy, lots of salt on McRiddles. Why? Right. Are you doing that? Um, but he also said that Dak Prescott cannot currently grip a football, which in my estimation means that the Dakinator is not going to play this week. Yeah. I, I don't understand why this is, continues to the be Dak- a conversation. Nothing yeah, the on the Dakinator. What do you want me to say? You just told me to stop talking because you changed my diaper as a kid, which is completely irrelevant. No, I, well, no, I did. I, I could have just not changed your diaper and let you run around dirty, right? I guess. That's no. kind of what the Bears do to Justin Fields. Wow. Again, why? Why? We were ready to rip on Jerry Jones. We were going to be negative in tandem about the Cowboys. and Anyway, Jera says that uh, Dak Prescott will not be able to play this week because he cannot grip the football. My question is, why did you pay him that much? B, why are you rushing him back when Cooper Rush is clearly playing very well at quarterback and you're winning games? Yeah, I I, I think that it's silly. I think that there's no reason to rush Dak back. I I think you're fine. Like, you're... The problem is, is Jerry wants to say they're a Super Bowl team every year and they're never a Super Bowl team. And so it's it's just a weird thing. Like, I feel like the Cowboys are going to be good once Jerry moves on. Uh... So you're saying once he's dead? Yes, once once the mosquito circumciser has passed away, we'll once be fine. Once the mosquito. The mosquito. Mos- you said mosquito. Get it right. Yes, the mosquito. Jera prefers mosquito. Right. Do you root for the Cowboys on a weekly basis at no. all? Like, where are no. you at with the Dallas Cowboys? No, I expect them to lose every week. You do? Yeah. Uh, Josh Levin correctly points out that uh, Geno Smith is the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. That's great. Here you go. Wow. Uh, Boyd Lake says, is Cooper Rush Dallas's Baylor Romney? Wow. Oh, he could be. He could be. Uh, Gerald B. Johnson, my jazz fan, says. Okay. Uh, Geno Smith is actually a pretty good story, by the way. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that didn't really get a great chance around the league, but has taken advantage of it. That Will, said, yes. I, I don't think he's like, you know, I don't think he's a Super Bowl winner. That's for sure. Will Zach Wilson suffer a similar fate with the Jets? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that Zach Wilson is, again, I, I, I'm I'm a big believer in the idea that when you play for a bad organization, it's going to be difficult for you. The problem is, is that when Zach was out, Joe Flacco came, came in and did his thing. So it's like, all right, Zach, it's your turn. Zachy Poo, you got to perform now, you know? And I think if he doesn't perform, yeah, he's probably going to bounce around the league. That's the nature of the beast. See what you've done now? Do you see what you've – look at Tom's comment. Do you see what you've done to my Chicago Bears? Yes, yes. Justin running round dirty fields. Yes, at Arlington Park. Thank you. Caleb think that's funny. It's not – no, it's not funny. It's not funny. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, can a team get Garrett LeGarrette Blunt? On their team, just to punch Rodgers in the face. Yeah, how about LeGarrette Blunt chasing players and punching people in the face? Yeah, that sounds good. Has anything ever changed with that dude? Not from college, it hasn't. Um, Brent Burnett says, Wilson may perform for the Jets. No, no, no. See, we used to play a drop where his mom would say, no, no, no. And we we just don't play those drops on the show anymore because Jake's not fun. You know, he doesn't have a sense of humor. He's not somebody you want to hang out with. Um, he's bitter. His dad's better looking than him and can bench, you know, 225. You know, he just, he he doesn't, he doesn't enjoy his life. So nobody's allowed to have fun. Wow. You know, nobody's allowed. No, I don't know. Please. Are you expound. not going to play the drop? No, I don't have it right now. So Jake switched computers and now not all the good drops are on your computer. Yeah. Uh, the I, technical I, things that we have to work on. Can you at least give me Chewbacca 
Can you? Um, I mean, yeah, give let me, me some, let like, me, can you, can, let me can, find Chewbacca. You no, know, thank you. There you go. There you go. See. How about that? What I just said. Yeah. What I just said. That's one of my favorite drops ever. What I just said. That, I, it is so good. That's. Catch me outside. How about that? That's Doctor Phil with this delinquent. Who, by the way, I think when we when we joked about that yesterday in the car, isn't that girl on OnlyFans now? Oh, oh, oh. Like her 18th birthday was sometime recently. Right. And I want to say TMZ or somebody had a story, and this is months ago now. She turned 18th and for her birthday, <laughs> she opened an OnlyFans account <laughs> like on her birthday. And she is, I want to say, the highest paid OnlyFans performer ever. How about that? Like talk we about it. talk we about catch it. me outside. No, we get it. Okay. Outside. How about that? We get it. <laughs> we get it. Jesus. Uh, this is your fault. Do not blame after the show. Don't, I don't want to hear my fault. I don't want to hear my luck. This is your fault. You're an asshole and you treat me poorly and you're talking about poopy diapers. Well, I don't want to. This is your fault. But no one's going to disrespect me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my fault. Oh my God! It's only your fault if you don't get a Jacko pizza. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry. Say again. I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese, and pepperoni. Ma'am, ma'am, we've traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza and it's just ten dollars. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. How about that? Papa, Papa Murphy's. That is one of my favorite commercials. Yeah. When when they whisper at the end and they're like, Papa Murphy's. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. The Jacko pizza, I will be ordering one. For, dude, it is already Wednesday. I know. Huge announcement on the show tomorrow. Yes. Show-related announcement. Um, show-related. Not giveaway, show-related. Yeah, not giveaway, although, yes, we're doing bowl trips. People have been trying to guess all morning what the huge announcement tomorrow at 8 a.m. What's is. the best guess we've gotten so far? Um, that you were actually going to do your job and actually you know, perform on the show. But You're not we, that guy, pal. Trust yeah. me. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. Uh, the best guest on the show, I think, I don't remember that we were joining a radio network, okay. uh, which we will never do. We will never, ever do. Donnie, please. I mean, you know, uh, ha Ken Williams says, ha ha, poor Jake, LOL. Hey, it's not my fault. You're not this good looking, you know, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, feel bad for my lost flip flop, please. A moment of silence for the flop. Yeah. Can we get the cricket sound? <laughs> Where, where's the cricket sounds? What? What do you, what do you mean? What, what did you lose a flip flop? That's the worst. That is absolutely the worst. Kurt Meyer says time change. No. Uh, Caleb Harrison says roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide. Do you have the roll tide drop? Uh, no, we didn't have that before. Yes, we. Uh, no, we didn't have a roll tide drop. God, don't start making stuff up. God, he is only thirty-seven years old. Please, super son of a bitch. please restore Uncle Joe's memory. We used to have a drop. Where, this is Coach Saban. Where the guy was like, roll tide. Yeah, that was like five years ago. Who cares? You, I, we used to have it. You're slacking. No, I'm not. You're actually not. I'm not. So, but it's fun to say you're slacking. Yeah, I've been immunized. Uh, oh, my God. My Jazz fan says, we really got to hit the like button. Come on, fellas. Let's go. It's only 30. Oh, 43. Okay, thank you. That makes a big difference. Thank yeah. you. We, what the like button does, and the reason I would ask all 118 of you to hit the like button if you haven't, 
is it it puts it on display for people who see you and then it puts it into YouTube's algorithm. So when you hit the like button, it says, oh, Jimmy Jack liked this video. Maybe this guy will like this video. So it pushes the video out. We get more views. We get more people that subscribe to the channel. That's more giveaways for you. Yeah. Everyone benefits. You know, so hitting the like button really makes a tremendous difference for the show. Yeah, hit even that. If, even if you hate Jake, which I know is an oxymoron because nobody likes him. And as you can see, there's not much hope for you left. You know, right. I mean, that's like yeah. choosing Chipotle over Cafe Rio. Who does that? We're right? getting somewhere. So hit the like button that would be amazing i really appreciate um i really appreciate you guys doing that boyd lake says the like button is a signal to youtube so they will recommend it to others in the demo yes i agree with that thank you uh 42 likes gotcha thanks uh going to get my license um going to license the show to some radio program better not be national and ruin why i love this show tom okay, you guys yeah lay it out listen we are never ever going to sell our souls not it's happening, not, That's bro. not what this show's about. I'm we, gonna say this again. We have in. I don't care what anybody tells you. I want you to listen to me. It doesn't matter. We are always going to be independent. We have been asked by every group in town to do our show Legit. on the radio. Legit. We have said no every time. People have asked us routinely. Well, hey, why don't you do your live stream on our website? We're not doing that. Hey, why don't you guys do your radio, do your live stream as a radio show on our station? We're not doing that. Come on, man. We are independent. We are never going to be bought lock, stock, and barrel by anybody. Um, and we're not going to do this show on the radio. <laughs> do not ruin the show, New York Jazz fan. <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm saying. You know, so we appreciate everybody that, that likes the show. Um, and yeah, we will. Carlin Lefebvre says, got to be a new studio. Think bigger. Think Think bigger. Bigger. Think bigger. Bigger. Um, and yeah, sure. There's absolutely a new studio coming. Thanks to our friends at Wayman Brothers Construction. Um, make sure you find our friends at Wayman Brothers Construction. They are phenomenal. Uh, 801-654-1028. Wayman Brothers does work in my house all the time. They built a deck for me. They built a hot, put, a hot tub uh, pad to go around that deck. Um, they are working on a super secret project for us that we will oh, announce tomorrow. Um, but... You know, you cannot put enough value in the trust that you have for your contractor. And it is so hard to find a contractor you trust and like. Women Brothers Construction is it. Don't go anywhere else. Don't look any further. That's absolutely the way to go. Women Brothers Construction. 654-801-654-1028. Women Brothers Construction. Jacko Construction. Um, <laughs> Uncle Rio. Wayman Brothers Construction is the way to go. 801-654-1028. Okay. So Mrs. Monty is tied up on calls. So do we wait to talk about the Roto-Rooter till tomorrow? I guess. Or do we just talk about it anyway? What do you, what do you, what do you know, what, are, what are the comments saying? What else we got? Uh, but let's see. Bringing in more talent for another show. No. Uh, Vic, Although that is a possibility down the line. Caleb Harrison says Victor Wambanyama construction. Yes, yes. That's, yes, absolutely. Yes, correct. And my jazz fan says Wayman Brothers so good they built the field of dreams and they did come. Well, let's be careful oh, with our language, shit. please. Thank you. Yeah, it's a family show. You know, this is a <laughs> Brent Burnett says uh Brent Burnett says Giselle on the show. Um No, no wouldn't it, would it be Margot Robbie yes. on the show for you? Look at that look, dude. That's like the death stare. No, that is the Hey Baby stare. Dude. Isn't it? That's Margot Robbie. Yeah, dude. Um, hotter Giselle. This Giselle? 
or that Giselle? Oh, come on. This Giselle <laughs> or that Giselle? I'll drop that motherfucker. This Giselle or that Giselle? <laughs> or that Giselle? I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Giselle fan. We get it. We get it. I'm all about that. I am all about that. Uh, Brian Clegg says, a family show, slap of the forehead, exactly right. Uh, MY Jazz fan said, is something jazz-related coming? Yes, actually, it is related, sort of, by design, to the jazz. Uh, well, we'll make that announcement tomorrow morning, right about 8 o'clock. Yeah, we'll do it at 8. We'll give people time to show up. <clears throat> yeah, be here at 8 o'clock. Be here or be square. Correct. We'll do that tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. Um, uh, right now, we need to let you know this show is presented by The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, make sure you get on their website. You can chat with them for free right now, live, uh, utahadvocates.com. You never pay the advocates until they win your case. No huge retainers, no upfront consultation fees, none of that. You worry about getting back on your feet. The advocates will fight the insurance companies. They'll get you what you deserve at utahadvocates.com. All right, non-sports stories of the day. Um, this Elon Musk thing is a big deal. Uh-huh. So, you know, we've talked about this a lot on the show, and I right. am, I'm not anti-Elon. Although that has a nice ring to it. I'm not anti-Elon. I am not pro-Elon, though. It's hard to be a fan of the guy. Why? Because he's just, he he doesn't do it. Like, it was cool when Elon was like the underdog guy. Like, he was Tesla- was struggling and then he got Tesla to survive and thrive and now it's like I'm launching rockets and and then when you started getting into you know the the Twitter space and like you know just just some of these moves haven't given him the best look so I, I'm not a huge Elon guy right now I am a I am a guy um and this is just me I'm a guy that believes in fair trade if you have the money you should be able to go and do what you want to do what Elon Musk is doing to Twitter is nothing short of, in my opinion, a scam. I think he is running a game on Twitter. And he got in way over his head. And if you didn't hear this story, Elon Musk offered to buy Twitter for $44 billion. And yeah. then the crypto crash happened, amongst other things. And I think he may have possibly, I don't know this to be fact. I am not reporting this as fact. It's just my opinion. I think he got cash tight. But I also think he never intended to buy Twitter in the first place. I think he wanted to bring Twitter down. I think he wanted to damage Twitter. And so he pulled out his, of his agreement to buy Twitter. And he said, oh, well, you got to show me that the bots are not, are not all your users and how many bots do you have? And they go through all this stuff. Elon says, no, I'm not doing it. So then Twitter sues him. They go round and round and round. And now this week, he's supposed to sit for discovery depositions. He is supposed to sit with her, with a group of lawyers and be asked questions. And it was going to be nasty. It was going to be heated. It was going to be contested. So what did Elon do? Oh, well, okay, cool. Whew. You know what? I'm going to buy Twitter. Yep, I've changed my mind. I'm going to buy Twitter full, fully as agreed, $44 billion. Right. But you have to immediately cease any legal uh, you know, efforts against me. All lawsuits have to be stopped. No, no depositions, nothing. Have to be stopped. Then I'll buy the company. And it's like, is this just a game? Because that's what this feels like. Yeah. Elon does not want to go through discovery. He, does not want to, he doesn't want to be deposed. And so that's why I think, and again, I'll say, I don't think he, have, he wants anything to do with Twitter. Yeah. What do you think he's doing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's game playing happening. I think that 
Elon, I agree with your take on the crypto crash thing, and that uh, you know made it so that he didn't have the assets to buy something that he signed for. So in that case, I don't know like what what happens there. Like, what's the penalty when you like in their agreement? And again, this is something I don't know, but like there had to have been a penalty after you signed to a certain point that you were going to buy. Hey, if you back out of this, you're paying a certain amount of um, you know money to cancel the deal. So to me, it was like. All right, if he was cash-strapped to a certain extent, was he too cash-strapped to pay the fee to cancel the deal? Because I agree. It didn't seem like you were head over heels, heels to buy Twitter. It's not like the guy said, yeah, I got to buy Twitter because, you know, we got to, you know, there are major changes that need to happen to Twitter that, that will make it a better place, and I just feel so inclined to be that person. How does this end well? Because here's the other thing. Elon Musk generally does not do anything under the radar. So he did not announce that he was going to execute the transaction on Twitter. Right. He sent a letter by accounts, and I'm reading from the AP now. Uh, Musk made a surprising turnaround, not on Twitter, as had been his custom, but in a letter to Twitter that the company disclosed in a filing Tuesday with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Committee, the SEC. Um, it came less than two weeks before a trial between the two parties is scheduled to start in Delaware. In response, Twitter said it intends to close the transaction at $54.20 per share after receiving the letter from Musk, but the company stopped short of saying it would drop its lawsuit against, against Elon Musk. Experts said that it makes sense to give the, given the contentious relationship and lack of trust between the two parties. Yeah. And the issue is, again... And I, in my opinion, put most of the blame on Elon Musk. He has pulled the rug out from under Twitter multiple times. He's changed the parameters. He's, you offered to buy them at 54.20, billion. Go and do that. Yes. Execute the transaction. Stop with the bots. Stop with the this and the that. And that's why it seems like he's scheming. He's just going in circles here trying to, you know, figure out a way to damage Twitter without him having to take on financial liability. And that, to me is what hurts you. Like, I, I I, don't think Elon understands how important his image is to what he does. Imagine, like, you know, what Tesla's image would be if everyone was yeah. like, yeah, Elon is a horrible guy, and you don't want to buy Elon's cars, man. That's not what you want to be doing. Like, if no. that's how people felt, Tesla would struggle, you know? And so, to me, you're heading down this road now where you have to do some image... Um, you know, like risk management with your image. You have to you really consider the liability and making yourself look like an a-hole as far as this Twitter thing is concerned. So to me, yeah, clearly he's got the money if he's going to execute the transaction, right? Like he's going to find a way. But I don't know. My thing is, at the end of the day, how my question's always been, let's say he didn't want to buy Twitter. He just wanted to bring the stock price down. Yeah. He wanted to mess with Twitter and damage them. How does that help Elon Musk? How, like, what was the overreaching strategy here? What was the goal? That's always been my question. What were you trying to do, man? Like, what, you know, like, I know that there was some, some, you know, he's had his fair share of conversations with the Russians and, like, with Donnie, and, like, there was, he's been in the middle of that stuff. So I'm curious what the, the motive was. Here's my other question Will Elon Musk destroy Twitter? I think that is a very significant question because here's the balance. He clearly does not like Twitter. He understands why it's a tool. He understands why it's valuable. But when I look at Elon, this is a guy 
who has whined and complained about free speech on Twitter and yeah. What are you going to do to change it? Because it's not an easy solution. Yeah. Right. You can't just let people run roughshod and spread rumors and lies on Twitter. And if this goes through, he, I mean, he quite literally could have his hands on Twitter in days. I mean, he could be owning the company. Then what? I don't know is the question. And as much I detest Twitter. Because Twitter tough guys and keyboard warriors, you, you know, you, you're, you know, like you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. Like I detest that stuff. And it has limited my use on Twitter. I do not tweet nearly as much as I used to. And I, I, I honest to goodness, I really don't look at a lot of my DMs. I don't read my, my at replies most of the time. Yeah. Because there's just no value in it. Elon's not going to change that. It's going to get worse, not better. Right. I don't know. Does Elon Musk, in your opinion, destroy Twitter? I don't know that he destroys it. I, I think that, you know, your concern about him kind of changing the fabric of Twitter, like the, because like right now, I think in a general sense, Twitter is just for people to share their opinions on whatever it is that they're sharing their opinion on, you know, like whatever the topic is. But I think for people in our industry and, you know, obviously for people who listen to this show and sports fans, like you go there to get information like Adrian Wojnarowski wouldn't exist without Twitter. Yeah. Like, let's be very real about that. Like, you know, the people, the beat writer, the person that is is making their living by sharing information would not be in the position that they're in without Twitter. And and I'm not saying certainly they need Twitter to to write a good story. What I'm saying no, is that to no, get no. their info and their opinion and 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 to reach the masses. trades, you share that stuff on Twitter. And and so to me, I I yeah destroy Twitter, change the fabric. Like, yeah, I'm sure changes will come to Twitter. And I don't, I'm not a big Twitter guy either. Obviously I have a tiny Twitter account, grain of sand on a I'm beach, sorry, a tiny, what Twitter account. Oh, I w I just misunderstood what you said. My bad. What did I say? You have a small foot. The point is, listen, I think when you look at Twitter, whether you have a thousand, I, I have a small Twitter account. I only have 5,000 followers. Like it, it just isn't it isn't what it used to be. My biggest concern is that if Elon Musk buys Twitter, I may not be there anymore. Like I just think that it it, it can only go one way in my opinion. I don't I don't know. I look at the way he's run Tesla. I don't I don't love the things he's done. It, it that's just me. I look, mean it, look at Lopes fan Gabe. If Elon buys Twitter, I'm probably out. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I'm probably out too. I, I mean, I, I'll yeah. just have to wait and see. Eric C says, I just made it. How's Monty Town doing today? Pretty well. Pretty good, Eric. Appreciate you, Pretty bro. well. Appreciate Pretty you. Pretty well, man. Uh, Alex Chacon says, they all cry about free speech on social media, but dumb Donnie Truth Social has the exact same rules. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, you can't... The thing that you find out very quickly when you try to take over something like Twitter is... When you're the owner of Twitter, your liability goes through the roof. Yeah. Because if you allow guys, from what we saw on January 6th, the election stuff, like all of the the instability that's been sown into our society largely started on Facebook many years ago and just has grown and it's a plague. You have to have a way to police people. So every platform, including Donald Trump's True Social, which by the way, I think he's learned the hard way. It's been very difficult to get True Social off the ground and gain any traction. The hard part is you wind up banning people. Yeah. And what the hard part on Truth Social is they're banning people who are not like-minded. And that's something that Twitter's not able to do. Like that's you, issue. 
you have to have terms of service and you have to stick to those terms of service. And when you don't, what happens? You wind up getting whacked for that. You get sued. It's not an A plus B equals prosperity proposition. Yes. It's a very difficult equation to crack. And so I think when you wind up buying, and I think Elon's one of those guys who's like, hey, I'm the richest man in the world. I'll do whatever I want. Oh, I don't want to do this like I thought I wanted to do this. Right. I think I honestly think that's what happened. He's not dumb. This is what happens when you don't stay in your lane. Yeah, he's not. Elon Musk is wildly intelligent. He is not dumb, not near it. Yeah. You don't build Tesla. You don't build SpaceX. You don't do the things he's done by being stupid. I think what he what he did here is he probably got over his skis a little bit and his mouth wrote a, uh, a check that his ass doesn't want to cash, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I don't think it's a can. I think it's a not want. Yeah, and if I'm Twitter, by the way, I am not dropping my lawsuit. I am not vacating my 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 court date for this. You execute the transaction, we will stop suing. It's that simple. Executed by the court date, which he is fully able to do. Executed by the court date, we won't go to court. It's that simple. I my fear is that all this is is. A delay tactic. Yeah, it's a pony show. And I think what Elon's done is he's damaged the company. The good news is once that letter became public, the the stock exchange halted trading on Twitter. And then once they restarted it, the stock price rose to $52. So you're getting a lot, you're getting a lot more value if you're Elon Musk overpaying at 54, but you're at 52. So it'll be interesting to see how consumer sentiment impacts the stock price at Twitter. Yeah, and how many people are buyers and sellers, and who's in and who's out? I think that's uh, that's absolutely a big part of it. Uh, Fat Jesus says it wasn't hard at it wasn't hard at for Trump to start his platform. It's kind of easy. Program developers were amazed at how good he was at it. Yeah, it was super easy. Right. You know, like uh, right. camera, camera. Still one of the greatest. I passed things the ever. test with flying colors. Camera. Still one of the greatest things ever. I'm just telling you. Uh, he, he's like Steve jobs. I like Bill Burr, but on, I like Bill Burr's, but on Steve jobs. Okay. Uh, Giggity says, uh, maybe the best they've ever seen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, Brett Burnett says at least Trump exposed Twitter and so does Elon. I, I, but did Trump expose Twitter? I don't know. And I, I, you know, I mean, we get into this and this is the problem with the last 10 years. Yeah. We've just come to hate each other. For no reason. Yeah. We hate people we've never met. And we allow yeah. these things to happen. And there's just no reason for it. Yeah. There's no reason for us to be on what I think is the brink of civil war. There's just no reason for it. Yeah, it's not and necessary. Whether it is elections or abortion rights or Supreme Court justices or what are we doing? What are we doing? We, yeah. we we are all after at the end of the day, we are all Americans mm-hmm. and we don't have to agree, but we don't have to hate each other and want to kill each other. And I it, this is what and this is the thing with social media. I think this is why Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. This is why those platforms are bad, yeah. in my opinion. It is. And we just don't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Giggity says, Jake, do you no, have the Yosemite drop? I don't. He does not. No, I don't. You got to fix your drops. Bro, I've got 14 pages of drops here. Okay. Be, so be a let's, man. let's, you know, let's relax on fixing anything. Be a, be we just a man. need to add to the stockpile. But do you like Twitter? No. By the way? No. You don't. I like, yeah, Twitter. I don't like I don't, Twitter. I don't use Twitter outside of sports. Yeah, I it's agree. It's just not. 
I, you know, and I get it. Like we interact with people and it's fun and everything, but like, I just, I don't know, man, I, there's not social media for me has become a tool, not an enjoyment, honestly, like in, Instagram. Okay. I can get down with Instagram. I do enjoy Instagram, but other than that, like, I don't like the whole privacy thing with TikTok. I don't love Twitter. Facebook is a wasteland. Like it just, you know, I think Instagram is the easiest platform to use, Yeah, but it's meta. That's Facebook. Yeah. You know, like. There's not a great social media solution. There, tr there truly is not. Yeah. And, you know, we it, it just, yeah. Politics has wrecked our ability to communicate. Agreed. I mean, it just is, it's crazy. Uh, Gage, uh, what did Gage say? Gage said, the most childish thing ever is hating on people because they have different opinions. Absolutely. Boyd says, Twitter is a sex pool. Yes, it is. Ken says, Gage is correct. Yes, he is. Uh, Trump just exposed all the corruption, which is why he's so hated. I, I, different show. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, why do we head down this road? Placing wedges between each other. Everyone is so divisive. Bring the world together, Monty. Well, I, and I agree with that. A thing I wish we could do, like Donald Trump's a great example. How come we can't sit together and have a conversation about him? Why? I, I don't understand it. It, it is... You're not in the middle. Of, no, there's not an American around that I says, think, yeah, Trump, eh, I don't care either way. My opinion is, is that for the folks who support Trump, there is no other reality. There is no, it's not possible that Trump made a mistake in Mar-a-Lago. It's not yeah. possible that he did something that, you know, he shouldn't have done. Just to put it lightly, I'm not trying to go down this road super heavy, but that, you know, to me, that's the issue. Right. And then for people who hate Trump, it's like, hey, he never did anything good. Like there's never and it's like we can't be so out here. Like you gotta come to the middle a little bit and be able to just talk about things. And, and I think the right way to say it is not everything is Donald Trump's fault, but some things are. And until we're able to have a conversation about that, you're never and, and why do we run from hey, some things are his fault, some things are uh Biden's fault, some things are like it's not like, it's just, it's not difficult. Like, I don't, I'm kind of starting to be in the camp of, I don't really care if you're Democratic or Republican. It yeah, just doesn't care. matter to me, dude. Like, I, I it, it, like, it does not matter. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> Fat Jesus says, bring back MySpace. Uh, Caleb says, I enjoy this show. This is honestly interesting to listen to. I, because you don't have conversations. Just open, honest conversations. You know, like, we, we're never going to get into, well, the uh, petition for the Supreme Court. It, that's not us. What we are is, hey, how come we can't talk about that, you know, or this, or I don't hate you if you're, if you are an independent or a libtard, you know, I just don't believe in that. Yeah. That's what we, we, we're not the show that's going to get into, you know, we're not the show that's going to get deep in that. Uh, Alex Chacon says, I miss when conspiracy theorists were just obsessed with Roswell and aliens. Remember when that was the thing? Yeah, like when you could laugh about conspiracy theories and it wasn't like, you know, world ending. All right, let's do what we do best and talk about being fat. I mean, talk yeah. about fast food. Right. Um, so maybe tomorrow Mrs. Monty will actually care about our show and yeah, join the show. She doesn't I mean, care. She's, she doesn't you know, care she's, about the, you know, I mean, fine, she's just, fine. you know, she says this little show doesn't mean anything. She's over there watching. You? She's trying to figure out uh, if, if uh, Elon's going to buy Twitter or not, you know. Well, it's not about what you're trying to do, you know. She's over there on Reddit into the, the right. deep space. Right. Uh, she actually has <laughs> a career and a job. Space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kid. I just ball bust with Mrs. Monty. Right. Uh, anyway, point is, um, speaking of getting fat. Yeah. We went to McDonald's yesterday, and we missed breakfast by two minutes. I think it was 10.32 or whatever yeah, it was. two minutes. 
We missed about two minutes. So we got cheeseburgers. Never again. Literally never again. Worst experience I've ever had. I honestly think that was that was a piece of rubber between two pieces of cardboard. Butthole. But then I come home and I'm prepping for the show last night. And quite literally, I was like, dude, there is nothing going on. Yes. Thank God for the G League Ignite, right? And so I'm looking for non-sports topics. And I see that uh, McDonald's is now offering Happy Meals for adults. And I'm like, damn, we got to go back. No, we don't. No. It's our Happy Meals for... Do we need toys as men? Do we need toys to be convinced to go eat at a fast food restaurant? I guess. I mean, I, McDonald's is playing on heartstrings here, man. They're they're playing on my generation and your generation's, you know, childhoods, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I think that it's... It, it is... Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big McDonald's guy outside of breakfast. We're having quite the debate in the comments. Uh-oh. Um, Boyd Lake says politics ruins everything. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, New York jazz fan says all politicians are dirty. Lesser of evil should be selected and choose those who promote your class, not your race, culture, demographic, elect Ainge and trade them all. Exactly. Tom Basilius says no politics or religion at work. Uh, Jeff Johnson says I'm a libertarian and I get heat from both sides because I refuse to pick one. That's way the way society is now. That's exactly right. I mean, I don't think that that's unfair, man. I just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb says, this past election was whack, bro. It was. Like, it was. Oh, Caleb, that's my guy. Um, by the way, Caleb, little known fact, though. What? Little known fact about Caleb Harrison. What? He is the only reason that we know they actually do make yellow merchandise. Because, I mean, I haven't seen it on anybody ever except Caleb. Yeah. Who I, actually I mean, had the yellow jazz hat on in, at one point. Yeah, man. I don't I don't know if that's possible. Uh, Brett Burnett says sports and food brings people together, not politics. Agreed. Uh, but it used to. Politics used to be something you could debate at the dinner table. Now you don't ever bring it up. Ever. You know. It is what it is. Uh, Caleb says, boy, I got... A rubbery chicken sandwich from McDonald's a couple of days ago. Don't do it. But did you see they closed the Carl's Jr. at the district? Here in South Jordan, yeah, the district? the district's highly competitive, What is that on? 114th Bangor. Yeah, 114th at Bangor. They closed the district. Or They're they closed Carl's the Jr. Carl's at the Jr. at the district. Yeah. But no one's going to disrespect me. My wife and I were noticed it my wife noticed it first and she's like yeah we never eat there i'm like yeah that's why they closed it <laughs> we fuck, man. when i die i'm going to paradise in utah specifically in here places i would eat before carl's jr cubbies the uh tri-tip hoagie um wendy's mcdonald's breakfast super chicks dirty bird certainly dirty bird yeah uh, slim chickens slim chickens like there's a too many uh, jcw's Five guys. JCW's for sure. Five, oh, five guys, absolutely. I'll drive further to get to five guys than go to Carl's Jr. Yeah. Taco Bell? For sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, NY Jazz fan says, Caleb got the yellow merch in his new McDonald's Happy Meal. That's exactly right. Savage. That's exactly right. Savage. Boyd bro. Lake says, Carl's Jr., I love their burgers when I lived in Utah. Yeah, they're you know carl uh carl's j closed like breakfast at carl's so good never have had never ever have i ever had breakfast at carl's jr yeah. uh caleb said michigan fan gotta rep the yellow always stop that's disgusting why are you a michigan fan that's dude. gross come dude. on what, bro. what sparty wouldn't have i you? get it you're from detroit i think you, i think he's from detroit he's a pistons he fan but he went i think and... he went to arkansas state or something like 
guy. I can't. Why I'm Michigan? sorry, man. I, Do you know how bad Trey Burke was as a draft pick? Yeah, dude. It is if I say it is. Are you kidding me? Th Nick Saban. Who knew? See? Drop machine does work occasionally. Nah. Uh, Ken Williams says, McDonald's, yuck. Happy meals for adults. I'm never. No. Uh, Jeff Johnson says, you you insult my double Western bacon cheeseburger. You're dead to me. Well, that's why your name's G-Off now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, MM says, we need Jack in the Box ASAP. Preach. Saratoga please, Springs. Please, my guy. Too much. Uh, let's see. Gumby-licious says, Carl's Jr. overpriced and underwhelming. If it's not on your face, I don't remember the line. Excuse me. Did you just say if it's not on your face? They used to have a commercial with a hot chick in when we lived in L.A., Carl's Jr. is everywhere there. So the burger, they have, it like gets all over your face, and it's like right. obviously a, you know an adult Keep theme. it real. And they're like, if it's not in your face, you're in the wrong place, whatever it is. <laughs> and it was, it's actually, you know, it is what it is. Uh, did the Jazz already ship all the yellow merchandise to Africa? I believe they did. Bro, that's messed up, dude. I Come believe on. they did. Well, they, you know how they send like the <laughs> the the second place, like because they make national championship T-shirts. Like if Alabama's playing Notre Dame, you they sent the Notre Dame shirts out like a month before the game because uh, they knew uh, Manti Teo's girlfriend and stuff. Anyway, the point is, um, they send out the loser T-shirt. The loser T-shirt. Yeah, you didn't know this. That they print two shirts for like the national championship yes, game. Yes, and they ship out the one that didn't win the championship game. So like a third world country, and so they that give it nobody away. ever sees <laughs> sees yeah. them. And yeah. that's what uh, that's Never. probably what they should do with the yellow jersey. Like, is it? It's weird to me they're not promoting the yellow jersey. Yeah, they're running from it. There's no yeah, doubt. I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Alex Chacon says I can eat at JCW. I had it once and spent the next twelve hours blowing chunks. Ooh, dude, I love it. I, I gotta be honest with you, I love it. Uh, talking with Raphael podcast on the New Skin Radio Network. Fab Five favorite. Uh, Fab Five is my favorite NCAA basketball team. Stop. We're do not, not doing this. We're not Caleb. doing this. Please do not encourage Caleb. Please, like, like please. for instance. Yeah, no, Chris Weber. Uh, Caleb says, <laughs> James Knight says, we're getting a handful of Wendy's stores coming down here. How is it? Oh, oh. dude, dude, Wendy's. the Baconator is Dave's double. My... No, 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 no. Don't listen to him. Dude, the Baconator. Don't listen to him. Don't. You got to have it one out of every Dave's double. Times. Dave's double. Baconator. D Dave's double. Baconator. Jeff Johnson said, if it doesn't get all over your face, it doesn't belong in your face. Okay. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, that's your heart exploding from a Baconator. Uh, you guys need to come to Austin and have Mooney's Burgers. You'll never leave. I, I, I don't you just mind. call us fat? Yeah, wait a minute. Caleb says, Central Arkansas alumni. Don't say I went to Arkansas State. I'm smarter than that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Scotty Pippen, relax. Relax. Uh, NY Jazz fan says, better do that than let it go to waste. Drew. Yeah, you know, that's our that's our big show announcement for tomorrow. Yeah, we're is. sending Jake to a third world yeah. country so he doesn't go to waste. Yeah, exactly. Because um, <laughs> it's all part of the plan. Uh, no, they send it to street workers so they don't have to get hit by cars at night. Exactly. New That's construction gear. That's messed up, bro. You know, the yellow, that is messed the, up. The yellow, the yellow you jersey. One, marry one, kill one. Go. go. Um, make sure that you uh, marry our friends at Quick Quack Car Wash, our newest sponsor on the show. Quick Quack Car Wash all over Utah, all over Arizona. Hook it up. Uh, they're great people. It's super easy. I'm going to go buy Quick Quack today, and maybe I'll post a video for you uh, on Quick Quack. I, Quick Quack, I love that people are friendly, and I love the different colors. I get so much fun. Yes. Get a membership. Winter's coming, friends. You need it. Winter um, is coming. This show is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, until tomorrow, yes. Oh, Gumby Licious, exactly. Jack in the Box tacos are lit. 
Yes, they are. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.